We wrap up 1992, 2002, and 2012 with the definitive best films according to us. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. This week on 30 Welcome everyone to 302010, possibly our oddest entry, our season finale of every single year. It's not so much that it's just the the clock running over for us, but it is like recapping not just one year, but three years. Steve, I know we're going to talk about Hoffa again for a second. Relax. <laughs> Steve is barking. Uh, but yes, this is our, our year ender. We're covering 30, 20, and 10 years ago, but that week is December 30th through January 5th. We are sliding into the threes, 1993, uh, 2003, and 2013. And if you don't know, this is a bad week for movies and new TV, basically. They know everyone's on break. They're catching up on this and that. They're watching the big new movies of Christmas. They're wrapping up their toys. Little JR is playing with his drone. Sorry, I should introduce myself and everybody else. Hi, I'm Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and oh dear God, please let 2023 not suck so much. <laughs> and I'm J.R. Rawls, medicine man. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's acknowledge 2022 was a little bit better than 2021. Yeah. It, yeah. Definitely. You're yeah. not going to... We're getting there. You're not going to hear a lot of that shit on your social media, but like 2021 on a personal and global level was a fucking disaster. Like lost more people than any war. (laughs) My life was in utter turmoil. I don't know how you get to have a worse year than that. Um, There was an insurrection. 2020 was was real bad, but I mean, 2021. Yeah. Those first six days of 2021. Yeah. Put that over the top. No matter what happened. <laughs> the thing the, the previous president said n- where nothing happened, yet he also has publicly offered a pardon to everybody who did the things they asked him to. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> we should just throw out the Constitution. <laughs> he's, he's an endless source of comedy uh, if his fans weren't dumb. Uh, but <laughs> they weren't so armed. I wouldn't mind so much. Yes, but uh, anyway, trying to be politics. apolitical. Let's talk about 1992, a simpler time. 1992, a better time. we are wrapping Actually up. Actually, not the crime rate was ridiculous back then compared to now. Yeah, but... yeah, 1992, but also things getting a little better. Cigarette advertisements are banned in the New York City subway, and as a f- <laughs> multi-time former smoker. <laughs> Uh, who who started smoking after the ban of cigarette advertisements, there's so many things that get me to want to smoke. I honestly can't imagine if you put me in an underground tube for an hour and showed me ads of things smoking, how fucking nuts that would make me. <laughs> like, holy That's, shit. I'd never thought of it. That's kind of like the perfect place to make people go, you really want a cigarette now, don't you? Yes, it's like, those, it's like getting... Those are a- some of my favorite people. I loved... You really don't see this as much anymore because so so many fewer people smoke. But it used to be you could get off the subway and there would be a guy with a cigarette in his mouth with the lighter in his hand in position walking up the stairs like fuck, 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 fuck. Yes, I, oh, I've definitely gotten off the of planes before where I have my two hands clenched hiding what I really need. Oh, <laughs> ready to suck dick for fire. Um, and and also also this week, uh, Czechoslovakia separates into the Czech Republic and Slovakia. So this was called the Velvet Divorce, uh, called because no blood, you know. uh, Everyone was so chill. Yeah, it is 
I'm going to say it, the chillest secession separation <laughs> of the 20th century. Like, I don't know another time two countries split, one country split into two countries that was this chill. They're super chill. Even, and now, you know, some of, some of the folks that, you know, broke off the Soviet Union, it was a little, a little dicey there for a while, your Lithuanias and stuff. And those were comparatively peaceful how it usually goes is really bad and this one they're just like look for the story in my unproduced screenplay check please and then (laughs) (laughs) that was really dumb uh also what the what the start to start to arms reduction treaty was signed by george hw bush in the usa and boris yeltsin in russia kind of uh putting an end to that duck and cover nuclear panic i was born into the very very last end of a little yeah. bit, and he's he's up to the wire, Bush, on yeah, this. Man. He's going to be out of a job on the 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does not have much time left, but there's still more to cover with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's still going to do a couple of major things between now and when he leaves office, and he is just like, this, he is not taking a senior skip day, I can tell yeah, you that much. He's, <laughs> he's got like four he weeks left. He's his ass off after he lost. He's got like four weeks left, is that what I'm, I'm thinking? Um, typically yeah, inaugurated in early, like end of January. Mm-hmm. January 20th. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. And then, of course, one of our fa- our favorite features from this year, 1992, 30 years ago, you know, it's it, I like this even more than any awful movies that came out, the words that Merriam-Webster added to the dictionary that year. And every time, the first word here is like, how far behind was I being a <laughs> young person with, I'm like a year away from accessing the internet every day. I'd never heard of 3D printing, but Merriam-Webster puts it in the dictionary the, a year before Jurassic Park comes out. And like, I don't even know that we had a had a computer yet. 3D printing. Now, yeah, there's a, a decent number of computer terms that it's like, I had, I double checked. That's not 2002. That's mm-hmm. 1992 for oh. something like autocomplete. Wow. That see, doesn't autocomplete, seem right. I could see in 1992. I mean, that's just wow. like your uh, Word doc. I guess they didn't I have would, Word. It okay. would Word Perfect. Yeah. You had Word yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Word Perfect 5.1. It did not have autocomplete <laughs> of any yeah. kind. Yeah. Uh, and Art Candy master. seems like it should be older. <laughs> that that should be like from the 1950s or you, even yeah. the 1920s. You, yeah. You should read this flapper girl. She was the perfect <laughs> arm candy as we went to the uh, uh, I'm, not a, candy. I'm not an expert, but I think arm candy was to- uh, coined this year because it knew I was going into puberty. And uh. eventually I didn't go on to define it, but I would go on to perfect it. And uh, <laughs> and also, also out this year, Buzzkill. Which yeah, not really Gen sure. Good Gen X what, word. Yeah, good Gen yeah. X word. Uh, eventually, would be a show on MTV. Uh, Civil Union. Mm-hmm. We don't have gay marriage yeah. yet, Maybe. but some places are thinking about. Well, we give them all the same rights, but it's a different piece of paper. What is Exoplanet? Uh, that it's... is a planet outside of our solar system, and in 1992, it was still theoretical. So we did <laughs> all, not all know but eight for planets. Sure. <laughs> no, we we yeah. didn't know that. Other solar systems had planets for sure until the later 1990s. Mm. But at this point, yeah. it's just a theory. And, yeah, uh, I think I was in astronomy class in college when they confirmed the first exoplanet. And oh, my God, I thought my professor was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, we all have to stop what we're talking. We were talking about red shifts and blue shifts. And we have to talk about exoplanets. It's like, dude, calm down. Some friendly aliens movies. A fucking flash drive. I don't remember yeah. any solid state media drive for at least another fifteen years. 
Yep. Not even a little bit. Flash drive, but that's Merriam-Webster says it's a word. Frankenfood? I am. That seems right. I remember like uh, the GMO craze yes. of the early 90s. I was so just that, that talking to my mom about it because very quietly a few weeks ago, that some company retired snack wells. And I remember my mom was up on that craze too. The fat-free devil's food cookie that was like everywhere. The bright green box that told you, this is the healthy fat-free cookie. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think there's plenty of documentaries about it. They figured out how to suck fat out of food a long time ago, but we'll replace, replace it with sugar. And surely people will get skinnier and skinnier once the fat is removed. Nay. I thought they replaced it with a fake sugar because my folks are diabetic and mm -hmm. there's a lot of snack wells around. <laughs> no, no, they changed. It's called like it's literally called like Skinny Girl or some shit. Like that, they changed uh, the brand, mm -hmm. the entire company's name to that. Uh, mm. Generation Y, holy shit! Uh, Boy, did that not well, take? Well, it would have been just being <laughs> born, yeah. so that kind of makes sense. You know, Gen X is all the rage, but they're is another generation after generation x what do we call it i don't know fine i like the pepsi y. generation called it generation next and i stuck with that uh yep. thank you pepsi. yeah generation y got lost we we went with millennial instead and it's better i, I like better. millennials better it's yeah, better can't you just see so we're, many we're back to the naming convention because below millennials is z we skipped yeah. y and went right to the z that sounds way cooler though generation y has too many shitty hack headlines i can see whenever that i guess it's my generation does something stupid or drops out of high school generation w h y question mark shut yeah. up you'd see that forever and i'm glad it didn't take i don't remember gulf war syndrome popping up this early because that wasn't yeah that wasn't really over in no no the gulf war was over a year old at this point well it was it was um, the end but like you know i have multiple close people who died of this and a were still there once the war was over and b like it was used to describe way too many illnesses because of, yeah because well, it's that's, that's, generalized syndrome it's yeah, like you yeah. can't nail it down yeah exactly yeah, lots of it, lots of really suicidal broad. depression and and, and radiation-based cancer all described under the blanket of gulf war syndrome like blah Blah. Um, hacktivism that seems very fucking early because unless you were logging on to like Prodigy or CompuServe, who was activating? <laughs> <laughs> what was your hacktivation? I don't know. But then look at all this homepage and HTML. Yep, brand yep. spanking new, man. Brand new words. Brand spanking new. Man cave way earlier wow. than I expected. I mm. I remember that as being like a mid 2000s type of thing i i'm yeah. shocked it's 1992 yeah it seems same with meh meh yeah meh but i, I think meh. the, the simpsons no that's from the simpsons the simpsons was doing it the very simpsons early was at its all-time height right now you know it's a perfectly cromulent word we feel neither highs <laughs> nor lows uh and then there's motion capture which yeah i guess i can see that that technology was kind of around but by no nowhere near as ubiquitous as we'd find it in the next in 20 years later yeah but again i mean we're we're not even at jurassic park so i'm just wondering what are they motion capturing in i mean the t the t1000 miniatures yeah miniatures <laughs> yeah okay. the t1000 is a little yeah. bit of mocap pda mm -hmm. the personal digital assistant i think we talked about that this year those those were unleashed is on the public for like that or is it personal display of affection 
because uh, I remember PDA being yeah, all around my high school. Yeah, public display of affection. Yeah, I, I think believe it's personal, it is personal digital. digital. Yeah, because those a bunch of those hit the market early this year for the low, low cost of eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars <laughs> with one kilobyte of. It was they were pathetic and silly, but someone saw the need coming. And I forget which company it was exactly. They were not. They were way too expensive to be a success and widely adopted. Uh, the PDF, which yay, are you? Are you applauding the PDF? I live and die by PDFs. Do you PDFs really? and Excel spreadsheets is pretty much everything I do at my job. I, it was for me, and I just I I still <laughs> absolutely hate them. My parents still don't know what they are. See, uh, that's the fun thing. They exist to piss off old people. No, and Yay! young people. Every year I have to do them for my tax form. Like, fucking why? Make a field. No, <laughs> no. To give me a PDF over faxing someone. Because I've had a sure, number of jobs sure. where it's just like, we fax this. And I'm like, we've had the internet for a while, people. Can we just send a PDF? And they're like, we fax this that that is fine i will learn your 1983 coleco vision fax machines (laughs) operating system to scrawl my wonderful handwriting that doesn't look like a seven-year-old's or anything that is is so bizarre to think about me starting this podcast and our first like podcast advertisements all of that stuff needed to be faxed and i was doing it (laughs) from the company I was working at at the time while everybody was out to lunch. I was the fax machine for my generation, or at least me is right in between. Like I never really learned how to use this well. Cause it, it was just, no. wasn't very necessary. Like it, 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 I, I still don't, I know I've used them correctly, but I always said like, now what the fuck do I do? Dial nine. Jesus Christ. Off of memory. I have had at least, live jobs where I've had to use a fax machine Mm -hmm. and in every one of those jobs I had to be like Debbie can you help me send (laughs) yes 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 it's like why can't I fucking email this that's what how I remember having to use a fax machine Ugh. uh Photoshop and PDF are out this year so apparently a little company called Adobe is making waves Mm -hmm. polyamory is definitely something again I wasn't I didn't I didn't hear everybody knowing what that meant I knew what it meant obviously I'm going to piss off some people here. Mm-hmm. Polyamory is wrong, wrong, wrong. It should be multi-amory there you or go. polyphilia, but mixing your Greek and Latin <laughs> roots is not acceptable. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and also, ah. as someone in my 40s, like, how do you have the energy? Gee, uh, anyway. Well, um, I don't yeah. know. How do you, how do you have the time? <laughs> how do you have the time? time? It was too much for me in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I do not understand how anyone could do that in their 40s Exhausting. at all. I have enough trouble disappointing one woman. Ha ha. Uh, Smack Talk is, is out this year. I'm going to thank The Rock for that. I'm Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He, he did invent he the term. yet. Well, he was. And he did invent the term SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually totally born at this point. <laughs> he's just not The Rock yet. But he is yeah, wrestling. It is, it is weird this year that we have, usually we have more slang. Mm-hmm. We just, we have a lot of technical terms, but Smack Talk is like, this is a slang. Yeah. Term. Taliban. Yeah. The Ta- Taliban. Hi, guys. We won't be hearing from them ever again. <laughs> oh. And uh, URL and VoIP. I am shocked VOIP is here. Me too. In 1992. Me too. We don't They're even... already talking about, we could use this internet thing, which I'll explain to you in a minute. <laughs> we could use it to make phone calls, but not through a phone. And and, and the, the word stopped. This stop... was like 
one kilobyte a second. Yeah. How are you doing VOIP in 1992? Yeah, I, I don't think I started doing it until 2000s with broadband internet. And even then, like, it was on this shitty plastic Logitech one-hole mic. In bad. 1992, the only way you could do it was you were working at NASA and you were talking to someone else who also worked at NASA. Yeah. That's it. Then there were beeps like between every using, sentence you said. If you're using the internet, that means you have a phone. You should just use the fucking <laughs> phone. And, and also, like, this term, I think we voice over internet protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, is that what it means? Uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it fell out of fashion, I think, when we needed it most. Like, right when Zoom came in, like, this is VoIP, Skype, VoIP. These are all VoIP. And, and like, the word VoIP doesn't out. sound nice. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it's I'm not a go pleasant acronym. I'm gonna someone. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, Skype, you Zoom. To yeah, that sounds. You that can't sounds even VoIP in restaurants now with my pina colada. <laughs> uh, and I love this because this this actually is a word that I think you can tell someone's generation if they use the word weak sauce. Two words, weak sauce. Jeez. Now there's a term I haven't heard in a, a long, long time. Long time. <laughs> uh, and then a. A word that never goes out of fashion if you're a serial killer, zip tie. I am just kidding. I I have gone through in the last, I'll say, month, 300 zip ties. I fixed my <laughs> girlfriend's fence. I hung up multiple people's Christmas decorations. Zip ties this time of year yep. are a goddamn miracle. Oh, yeah. yeah. My son just got a zip tie stuck around his uh, toe uh, last oh, month. Ooh, and that was super fun. I'm assuming it was his fault. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and those are the new words of uh, 1992, 30 years ago. Also, so we jump into movies, no new movies, but Aladdin is back at number one at the box office after one month, which, not to elongate the conversation, but just like reminds me of how movies worked. Oh, is that good? I'll see it when I'm off for Christmas, that you would you could easily wait a month to see the biggest movie in town. And that's yep. something I don't have the patience for anymore. I'll, what? I'll see it alone, last... but at 1 a.m. if I have to, I will not wait to see this movie. I will not have it spoiled for me. What is the me. last film that became popular in theaters through word of mouth? Not a cult classic, <sighs> not something that got rediscovered on video. It <sighs> was released in theaters, and then it grew. That's I don't know it's, what it's, that film is. It's hard to... because Well, that's... How movies worked is like if you, while we were recording another show with the three of us, I was looking up the top grossing movies of 1982, and there are movies from 81 and 80 in there because you could, wasn't really a big home video market. You could easily bounce you yourself know, right back into the movie, in, into the top spot yeah. just by being a three year old film. That you could re release two years after you were out, which is what Raiders did, Star Wars did it. Yeah. They, they released a year after. I, I like think one of the barely left theaters. They go back. One of the top grossing movies of '82 is Raiders, yeah. because yeah. it was it, it was there's no VHS. It, it, it did no have VCR. a flashy re-release uh, yeah. during that time, but like yeah, it was just something that happened. And other movies never left theaters. I think Rocky Horror still holds the record, and it's the one movie Disney has not reclaimed from no theatrical distribution. Because why would you lose the yeah. record? Yeah, but it point. is cool that Aladdin comes back after. Oh yeah, um, after a month where every week pretty much has been a few good men has been number one, mm -hmm. and Aladdin's been number two or three, and it just I, creeps I right back it. up. You know, yeah. you're you're at the holidays. You've spent too much time with your family. You're desperate for something. Let's yeah. all go see Aladdin. 
Yep, kids are out. The nieces and nephews are over. There's many people seeing Aladdin this week who wouldn't have a month ago because they don't mm-hmm. have kids or don't like their kids. Oh, and um, <laughs> this is why the major reason this show is different. How do we do this again? We have grouped together the movies we recommended. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. They're yeah. also in film news. The films in the National Film Registry uh, have been announced. El, El Mariachi, A League of Their Own, Malcolm X, and Unforgiven. Make it in the yeah. Library of Congress. We have not it's talked a- about El Mariachi yet because mm-hmm. it comes out, quote unquote, in February if mm-hmm. an $8,000 movie can get distribution. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, these are the, the Library of Congress's National Film Registry comes out every year uh, for the last almost 30 years talking about things that are historically, culturally, or artistically important. Mm. I, I can see about four or five movies in our recommended list that I would put above A League of Their Own. I like A League of Their Own. Ooh. I think it's good, but there's going to be a couple we're going to talk about. I, that I know, like, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta factor that into like being a woman, <laughs> and and right. all the women I know yeah. who like that movie. It's like you know, it could be in their top five movies of all time. It isn't in mine. It's but it's fucking delightful, and I was happy to rewatch it. And then even the show that Amazon Prime released this year was pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, I still have a couple episodes Me left. Me too. So yeah, we going over the year, we have recommended 75 movies from 1992. Now let me put a tiny asterisk on this. I think there's a couple guys from 1991 that sneak in here because of them Forward. going to wide release. I can't separate these things out. It's too hard. No. So I've broken them into groups of ten, 9 or 10 alphabetically we're going to go through and we have to pick one to be the recommend of all the recommends and i will move them all up to the top of our recommendations list that we have on likewise and letterboxd i'll probably put them up on twitter and facebook as well as these are the absolute best movies of 92 so all three of us need to decide on one per group or we get yeah okay yeah let's do that okay uh because the first group it's alphabetical Oh, this is going to be so hard and not very science These are going to be hard. But yeah. uh, Aladdin, American Me, Bad Lieutenant, Batman Returns, Bebe's Kids, Belle Epoch. That's just, you have no chance, Belle. Uh, Blade Runner, <laughs> Director's Cut, Bob Roberts, and The Bodyguard is in our first group. Uh, this is I, an easy one for me. I don't think Blade Runner, Director's Cut counts. I, I did recommend it. It it's came a to theaters in 1992. It's a different yeah. film it's not a different film. It's a re-edit. It's... It doesn't have that fucking voiceover. It's a significant re-edit. It's a different movie. It's... All right. Okay. But it doesn't matter. Nobody cares about the theatrical cut anymore. doesn't matter. Because Aladdin wins. Uh, Bob Roberts, I was happy to rediscover. Once again, telling people, like, you can't watch this anywhere, so if you know anybody has a copy, if your library has a copy, it's a great mockumentary. First directorial... Directorial debut, Tim Robbins as a director and songwriter. Hilarious yeah. political satire worth seeing. Uh, Batman Returns right. is the best so, Burton Batman, but Aladdin, Aladdin, it's Aladdin. You gotta go Aladdin? Oh yeah. All right, JR, where do you wanna go? Uh, best Burton Batman. That's two films. There's yeah. two of them. It's true. It's true. It's also the second worst uh, Burton Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but he did produce the next two as well. Okay, I, I'm 100% going with Aladdin. I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, these other films are good. I'd recommend every one of them. Yes. But Aladdin's a classic. My mm-hmm. kids still enjoy it immensely, and it has the most cultural relevance in the current year. I was in a Walmart yesterday, mm-hmm. and there were two different merchandise items that were a booze 
elephant transition for the per- for the Prince <laughs> Ali sequence. I'm like, I wow. love that so much, and it's really hard not to buy. It also changed animation forever. Yep. Robin Williams' yeah. wacky schmackity, uh, which worked perfectly in this film, has been copied, sometimes good, sometimes bad, for the last 30 years. It's unbelievably bizarre to think about. Theatrical short animation was funny. Theatrical long-form animation was not. That is how it nope. was for a mm-hmm. long, 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 long time. And cartoons now, I think most people, they always have to be funny. Well, they weren't. Watch Beauty and the Beast. There's like two or three laugh-out-loud moments in there, but they're, they're pretty throwaway. It's not its priority. Sleeping Beauty doesn't care to be funny. Cinderella doesn't care to be funny. It, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. oversimplifying it. Both those movies have funny moments. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, t- I have trouble because, like, I think I, I agree. Out of this group, Aladdin would definitely be the one. Like, if I had to mm-hmm. save one in a fire, that would probably be it. But also, the Blade Runner director's cut, just for for being the first big director's cut of like the the idea that filmmakers get a do over without producers fucking with them. True. For good and That's for true. ill, that is a pretty good thing. It's true, but that it happened good for point. a long time. It just didn't get like a normal theatrical release in the middle. It would get a limited one, it would get I a DVD mean, release, it would get an HBO you, Max release. Eventually, they were just DVD fodder. Mm-hmm. So, Would you consider Coppola's TV version of The Godfather, where he edits one and two into Ooh. one film, no. as being the first <laughs> major director's cut re-edit of a film? Because that is a significantly yeah. different viewing experience. Yeah, and there's extra extra scenes in there, too. Mm-hmm. So I'd mm. say if we're going for yeah. like being the first... That's the first, not Blade Runner's director's cut. But Snyder cut, right. man. Okay, but all right. Yeah, I think we all agree on Aladdin. Though. Aladdin. Out of that group. Number two group, <laughs> Boomerang. Brain, brain. Poor brain donors. Uh, the Three Stooges esque, uh, Marx Brothers esque, John Turturro comedy. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Candyman, The Crying Game, Dead Alive, Death Becomes Her, Deep Cover, Digstown. I don't know how because it seems random. How are so many of these Halloweeny horror movies? Yeah, uh, I had a Good great question. time. Redis- Is the letter B and C scary? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and D, because uh, my two personal favorites here, and three, a couple of these I watched significantly all the time. I took great joy in discovering Deep Cover for the first time. A really fun Lawrence Fishburne, uh, mm. gritty, uh, uh, what do you call it? Action action movie. But I'm only torn between Dead Alive and Death Becomes Her because. Ooh, that's kind of where I am too. I can I take Dead Alive then? And yeah, a little bit easier for you because I think that would that that or Boomerang. Just because, like, I want more movies like Boomerang. Yeah. About just I don't know, like it's, it's this magical world where everyone is incredibly attractive and also black <laughs> and funny and sexy. So, I'm, uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you guys. I'm not gonna fight it. I do think The Crying Game is up there. I watched it for the very first time in 1992. I feel like it's a important film. If yeah. you don't think it is the best representation, you absolutely have that right. My point, though, is that it is by far the biggest Hollywood film about transsexuals before or since. And I think that's important, too. What about Ed Wood? Uh, um, <laughs> right, so he, he was not Brian? transgendered, um, no. but uh, that's not what you said. I, I I do think Dead Alive and Death Becomes Her are fantastic films. I watched Death Becomes Her so many times when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Dead Alive gave us Peter Jackson. Yep. I mean, I'll take that because Death Becomes Her. I think I watch more because it is more palatable to people mm. who aren't me. But Dead or Alive, Dead Alive is my favorite and amazing. It is always fun to watch. If you're going for yeah. like a gory Halloween party, yeah, pop that on. Yep. I like it. Dead Alive and Aladdin. Watch them together. <laughs> it's our national <laughs> film registry. Group group number three, Dragon Inn, Enchanted April, A Few Good Men, Free Jack, Fried Green Tomatoes, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Hard Boiled, Hear My Song. We recommended oh. Free Jack? I probably we, did. We got some good, we, bad movies in here. Okay. I They're kind of hiding the spoilers. And, <laughs> I don't want there's a shirtless boy in JR studio. <laughs> I hope he knows him. I me too. Sorry <laughs> about that. It was, it was, uh, right. It's a delight. So it's vacation. Shirts are optional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm kind of torn because fried green tomatoes has such a reputation as a chick flick, and mm-hmm. I finally saw it and I was like It's great. It's great. What what is it's not about having your period and crying at each other. Jesus Christ. It's got murders in it. Come on. See, see, I, I would put fried green tomatoes in the National Registry ahead of A League of Their Own. Mm. Ooh, and it is a okay. woman's film. And I would yeah. put my favorite, my personal favorite as Glengarry Glenn Ross, but it is a toxic oh, film. I, I, I feel like should come with a warning label and maybe someone to like slap it out of certain people's hands. A Few Good Men <laughs> somehow didn't hold up well for me like it just wasn't as exciting I don't think it held up nearly as well as glenn glare yeah glenn gary glenn ross mm-hmm. that is a classic it's still riveting to this day the dialogue is amazing um performances I, every performances. person is killing it however i yeah, want to make a, I, what i really want to do is make a momentary alliance with diana by throwing mm-hmm. it in with hard-boiled a truly timeless film that oh, I know she so wants to go to bat good. for. I really do. Yes. And I, I love yeah. the film. I, I think it's my favorite John Woo film. Yeah. So, yeah. And it didn't give uh, us John Woo, but it kind of gave the, the West John Woo. It all is... right. I will give you Hard Boil if both mm-hmm. of you can name one line of dialogue from it. There's that shootout in the tequila tequila time yes <laughs> look out tequila there. it's not it's not about How that it's many a... lines can you quote from glenn gary glenn ross look, uh, plenty yeah. but like i also oh, have watched plenty of remixes of chow yun fat playing video game music at his jazz club wait is that from hard-boiled shit uh jr could be correct it's either the hard-boiled or the killer it's it's almost always one or the other one yeah. um yeah look I, I just watched Bullet Train the other night, and it was like, okay, for most of it. It's like, we would not have that kind of ridiculous style of action without John Woo ahead of the curve. Yep. So if you All like right. a John Wick, okay. you, you like your John Wicks and such, I'm sorry, you got like hard-boiled. Me too. Okay, here's my final argument, and then I'm not going to make any more, okay? Okay. All right. You can name a lot of other films that are like hard-boiled and good. What mm-hmm. is another film like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross that's good? Most David Mamet films. <laughs> not as good. <laughs> not, not as good. Not uh, as good. Kevin Spacey did like 11 films that are exactly like this. Like where he's mm-hmm. a business guy and they're locked in a room for some reason. The Big Kahuna Swimming with Sharks. There are a ton of films mm-hmm. like this. Um, yeah. uh, but I do. I love Glengarry Glenn Ross above them all, but like I figured if I could align myself with Diana here, she might take pity on me later in the list. 
Sorry, oh, Jr. Strategery. You, you gotta play. Uh, you gotta strategery. You gotta see, play we like need this. to do ranked voting. That's what we need to do. That would be here forever. <laughs> and math. Uh, but I will defer. Hard boiled. Hard boiled is. We can. We don't have to pick. We don't have to agree on one out of the group. We, oh, okay. I thought we, just, we did. Just two out of three. Favorites. Yeah. Okay. Two out of three. Okay. Personal right. favorite. Yeah. Let's do two out of three. Hero, uh, the Dustin Hoffman one. Uh, Hoffa, Honeymoon in Vegas, Juice of the Last of the Mohicans, The Lawnmower Man, A League of Their Own, uh, Lethal Weapon 3, and Light Sleeper. I think this is a fairly easy I know one. I was saying it shouldn't be in the National Film Registry, and I stand by that, but I'm still going with A League of Their Own out of all these films. I, I think I was... it is a very solid film. Um, like you said, there's not a lot of films about women, and this is definitely telling a... Uh, group of women's stories and that's not common i uh, i have i always have great times watching the lawnmower man it is one of the silliest <laughs> movies of its period so uh juice is a fantastic when you uh, look at it like a horror movie good. it is fantastic yeah. uh but a league of their own is there's nothing like it oh and, and last the mohicans i think is one of the things that like this is way this is as good or better than i remember because um, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a long time, but A League of Their Own, that's just quotable, yeah. timeless. It's deserving of reboots, Library of Congresses, sequels, and it, it should have gotten all those. Uh, I am so torn because I love A League of Their Own. It was a lot better than I remembered it. I had so much fun, representation, etc. And also, but League Last of the Mohicans is the kind of movie I want them to make like four of every year. Mm. Of just like. It's it's a drama, but it's got action. It takes place somewhere I'm interested in that I don't know very well. We got different groups having to deal with each other, politicking stuff, and it's just fucking cool. And there is a representation element to it. And in representation. The Mo- Russell means. La- right? Yep, but also in Last of the Mohicans, the Native Americans have agency. Mm-hmm. Things don't just happen to them. They make things happen. In a lot of films where it's about Native Americans, it's like, they're the victims. Everything happened to them. Last of the Mohicans is like one of the, either one of the only or the only one I can know where it's like, no, they're driving events. Yeah, I, I feel good as those being the two calls then. Me Last of the Mohicans and League of Their Own. Okay. Me too. This is tough. Uh, this this is a tough one. Yeah, it really This one is. is tough coming up. Like Water for Chocolate, Malcolm X, Mambo, Mambo Kings, Kings, A Midnight Clear, Mississippi Masala, which when we talked about it was a lost movie. And now it's getting a Criterion release, so mm-hmm. good for us. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, which yeah. one did we pick? We're picking more um, than one. Yeah, we can pick two. What? But no, that yeah. that's, that's it. The whole purpose is you have to pick one. No, no, no. We that not how we did no, it before. We picked three. Yeah, oh. it, yeah. Okay. If we if if we only picked one, we would be arguing for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to get through these. We have a lot of movies. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, All right. I'll, anyway, my experience, my like cousin Vinny chocolate. was way better than I thought it was. I'm with Jr. That the Muppet Christmas Carol is a yep. genuine. It's I not a cult classic. I didn't finish reading them off. Oh, sorry, I didn't finish reading them off. All right, Mississippi Masala, Mr. Baseball, Muppet Christmas Carol, My Cousin Vinny of Mice and Men, and Once Upon a Time in China too. Now those are they, we got a couple forward movies. I know I'm the only one who went to bat for them. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking like Water for Chocolate's not going to survive. But Malcolm anyway, X was my on. favorite biopic that I saw on our show this year because I normally a genre I normally hate and this is a very early one so I feel like I should have hated more and the fact that I didn't means it should be elevated my cousin Vinny which I sort of rolled my eyes at I thought was fantastic held up way better than I thought it would and I'm with JR and the Muppet Christmas Carol 
should no longer ever be classified as a cult classic, but a genuine must-watch classic for everyone every single year. Perhaps even justifies being your favorite Muppet movie. However, <laughs> the movie I thought about, that the, the, the discovery I had the best time talking to other people about, especially that is it is one of two Christmas movies in here, A Midnight Clear, um, by mm. one of my favorite book adapters, Keith Gordon, and who I am happy to say one of my favorite movie stars, Ethan Hawke, one of his uh, first adult films. I'm going for A Midnight Clear. There's a couple days left of residual Christmas. It's the perfect time to watch the movie about the Nazis who want to surrender and make Christmas trees for this ragtag little group of, uh, what would you call that, Young men, American uh, World War II combatants who are succumbing to madness. It is a weird and complicated film that feels like it should have come out decades later, and it's awesome. Haunting visual. I got to go for bat for the Muppet Christmas Carol because it is the yeah, only Muppet film that I could get one of my kids to like. They have wow. not liked anything Muppets. They don't even like anything Jim Henson. Labyrinth didn't work. Then why no. have kids? Oh. <laughs> God. Uh, so, yeah, I got to give my heart out to the Muppet Christmas Carol. Diana, oh, it's up to you now. I, I got I to gotta split the vote. I really want to go on my cousin Vinny. I'm sorry. Go for it. But if we're, gonna, if we're going for, if we can pick up to three, I got to go with my cousin Vinny, which is kind of flawless. Mm. And there's there's things that try to be it and fail horribly. Like no one ever gets this this formula right. Yeah. And somehow my cousin Vinny does. Like I enjoyed it from start to finish. But I fully endorse those other two choices: Midnight Clear and Muppet Christmas. And Carol we fully endorse all of these movies, by the way. Like it's not we're just we know. Oh yeah, these it, are all recommends. We if if you have all the time to watch them, watch them. But, it's hard to know, watch all these movies when you're getting paid to. So if we can do this as a service to the audience, like hey, we're whittling it down for you if you like movie recommendations that are perhaps a little unconventional. Let's see if that happens in part six with One False Move, mm. Passion Fish, Patriot Games, Peter's Friends, The Playboys, The Player, Porco Rosso, The Public Eye, Raise the Red Lantern, and Rapid Fire. Ugh. This for me is zero contest. <laughs> Even though Porco yeah. Rosso is one of my favorite Ghibli movies to champion because it's its only like out-and-out -out comedy. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's just a, an amazing film and it, with a completely different flavor of all the rest of the stuff. So if you've obviously, I recommend Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro and uh, what's uh, Princess Mononoke if you haven't seen those. But then watch those and watch Porco Rosso, and you won't feel like you're watching another one of those films. It is very very different for Miyazaki. However, mm. I think The Player was mm. the one of the best films I rediscovered. I thought it was Hollywood navel gazing. It is clever. It is filled to reward people like us who cherish these films and the people who are acting in them and the people who watch them and obsess over them. It is very clever, very funny, and might be... I've watched a lot of Altman movies over the last five years. It is my favorite right now. I don't know how you get better than The Player. The player Gosh. is wonderful. Yeah, that was definitely one that it was like my... I don't know. It's not that my memories had soured, but it's just, I don't know. I'm just trying to I've kind of forgot. Then rewatching it was like, oh, this is a noir dummy. Mm -hmm. And this is the movie where I killed Fred Ward, I think, this year. So I oh, feel bad no. about that. Yeah. You bastard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think the player's a good call. JR? Patriot Games is my favorite Jack Ryan film of all time. We only um, have one dad here, so someone better. Yeah, yeah. got to give it to Patriot Games. Although, if you guys hadn't recommended the player, I'd probably have gone for that. 
Well, that was easier mm. than I thought. Holy Lord. Yeah. I'm having a hard time not just saying Porco Rosso and going for three. Go for three. Uh, Why not? I, I think I'm saving my Zhang Yi move for something besides Raise the Red Lantern, even though that is a great movie. I'll, go put, well, I'll throw it in Porco Rosso, too. So Why not? Work. Okay. And then we can recap right. again. Uh, second to a penultimate group. And this one's a little tougher. Reservoir Dogs, A River Runs Through It, Romper Stomper, School Ties, Singles, Sister Act, Sneakers, South Central, Stay Tuned, and Storyville. Oh. I, mm. Reservoir Dogs gave us Tarantino, guys. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're rewarding John Woo for Hard Boiled for the same reason. It's hard not to give it to Reservoir yeah, Dogs. Yeah, it is really hard. I don't know, like, out of these, the ones that were kind of a fun surprise to rediscover were school ties and sneakers. I kind of want to go with sneakers. I do too. Sneakers, sneakers is is fun. Sneakers singles was a great rediscover for me and my wife. Just watching it together mm -hmm. and going back to early '90s Seattle, mm -hmm. and it was yeah. just like so well written and the characters felt real. Uh, that's a tough. So one. we're we're picking three. Yeah. I'm gonna make a, a just a hail mary shot here. Uh huh. Some of the best comedy movies are the ones that people don't champion every year. Stay tuned. Is everybody's oh, looking at me like you it asshole? It's so dated. I it know. Is, I mean, it it's is 1992 in a nutshell. So just okay. a person. I'm perfectly fine with Reservoir Dogs and sneakers. Just wanted to see if there was any stay tuned love out there because there wasn't when we talked about it before, and I can't imagine it's gone up in your estimation since we recorded. I, I think I said it was John Ritter's best film. John Ritter is mm. an underrated comic lead. He is a gifted comic force. Love that guy. Uh, but I'm good with Reservoir Dogs and Sneakers and pretty much anything else. Because like I said, School Ties, I didn't really know what anti-Semitism was growing up in the South where just most of the racism was channeled towards people of color. And I just did, I had no idea what anti-Semitism was until something yeah. like School Ties told me what it was. Yeah, School Ties was something, I remembered it as being like a, a after-school special, and mm -hmm. it was actually a lot better than that. Yeah. It, it was, it, it dealt with class and race uh, a lot better. And yeah, singles. I mean, I'm Gen X, man. Go with singles yeah. then. Everyone's got, no, I'm going with sneakers, because that was And I'm going with singles. Kind of fun singles, so right. we got it in there. That's fair. Um, and then lastly, <laughs> this oh, is these are really hard. For not me. for me. Mm. Uh, Super Cop, aka Police Story Three, Tiny Tunes, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, phenomenal. Trespass, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me, Under Siege, Unforgiven, Wayne's World, Where the Day Takes You, White Men Can't Jump. Uh, okay. I love Tiny Tunes. My kids, mm -hmm. my kids would never get Stay Tuned. It would never resonate with them. Sure. They would never watch it. They'd walk out. It would be a loss of all my dad points. It's a Chuck Jones I sequence. Wayne, I showed them Wayne's World. They cracked up. Yeah. It holds up with wow. the youth of today I'm because it's goofiness. I mean, I didn't know anyone in 1992 who talked like Wayne and Garth. My kids in 2022 don't know anyone who talked like <laughs> Wayne and Garth. So it's just this yeah. Funny characters doing funny things. It's a, it's, I think my takeaway earlier in the year was that it, I didn't recognize it as a young person's coming of age comedy at all. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it just, they were based on these characters from television, but I didn't know that when I saw the movie. I saw the movie before I'd seen a Wayne's World sketch. And, uh -huh. and I, I, I think it's, I love how good Under Siege is. It might be the best Steven Seagal movie of all time. 
even oh, though that's I don't even have to think about that. That's like <laughs> saying I, this is the best pancake yeah, I ever 100%. had from IHOP. Uh, yeah. Unforgiven is absolutely wonderful. Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me is the most unrecommendable movie I have ever seen, and I do consider that a recommendation. It is the cruelest mm. film in this list we have. Yeah. I in, Well, let I'm, me make this easy for you. No, it's, it's Wayne's World. Unforgiven. It's, I have to take okay. up for Mine is Wayne's, Wayne's World. Is, yours is Wayne's World, too? Like, yeah. It is killing me that I got hard-boiled and I can't grab Super Cop as well because mm. Super Cop, I think, is the best Jackie Chan movie. You why? Because Michelle Yeoh is there. Okay, That's I, why. I still have a pick. I could do it for you, but you have to you have to pay me back later. Uh, what, with what? I don't know. We'll oh, see. Like a, a trade when we get to a 2000? A favor no. to be named favor later. later. Oh, no. There's... Definitely quid and pro and quo involved in this, Diana. So su- okay, I say no, Super I, Cop right. 3, my well, favorite Diana favorite movie that there is. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, I I owe a pick to be determined later in yes. 2002. How about that? Choose wisely. So going Somewhere through that. a monkey's finger is closing. Nah. <laughs> Our absolute hardest recommends for 1992, the movies from 30 years ago from this season of 30, 2010, Aladdin, Dead Alive, Death Becomes Her, Glengarry Glen Ross, Hard Boiled, The Last of the Mohicans, A League of Their Own, A Midnight Clear, The Muppet Christmas Carol, My Cousin Vinny, Patriot Games, The Player, Porco Rosso, Reservoir Dogs, Singles, Sneakers, Super Cop, aka Police Story 3, Unforgiven, and Wayne's World. I am totally That's fine with that. That's a hell of a list. Totally fine Damn, with that. Damn, 1992 oh, kicked ass. That's something for everybody. Totally fine with that. Everyone's going to be happy there. And ah. uh, some light TV to mention. Let's please do it very lightly. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman debuts on CBS, runs for 150 episodes and two TV movies, and Homer and Marge watch it together every night on Friday. I don't know anything about this show. <laughs> you <laughs> don't? You don't ever see like... I liked Medicine Man with Sean Connery. That's my name. Oh. <laughs> So this has a reputation for being preachy, and I think that's deserved. This is not really a good representation of uh, the Middle West in the late 1800. It it feels like a sitcom set in the uh, Midwest of 1992, where everyone's just wearing a funny costume. But I will say that this series has Fred Rogers only acting credit outside of mr rogers where he's playing mr rogers oh right no way yep fred rogers and this is a huge stretch for him plays a kindly minister in dr (laughs) quinn medicine it's in the docu yeah and Uh, we also have the for for a while jane seymour was the highest paid woman in television and then friends came along Mm. um, Uh, blew that out of the way uh but Fans were allowed to come and watch the show as it was being filmed. You know, they really put a branch out there. And today, I do not see any fans of this show. I I went on YouTube, as I do, to try to research this show. And the biggest review of the show, like someone looking back, was a channel who is really, really interested in pregnant women. I mean, wow! Uh, his entire review is about the one season when uh, Dr. Quinn got pregnant. His? Is, yes, his. Wow. He is mm. really into pregnant females in media. And that's, that's where all the that only person who comes from. the need to review Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Mm. Not creepy at all. I teach their own. Oh, boy. creepy. Uh, Kennedy Center honors this week include Lionel Hampton, Paul Newman, and uh, Joanne Woodward, uh, Ginger Rogers, 
Mislav, uh, oh God, I should have read this ahead of time. Restorovich, Restorovich, and uh, Paul Taylor. We also have dueling Amy Fisher movies, Casualties yeah. of Love. The uh, I should mention story. those last two guys. Uh, yeah. uh, Restorovich was a cellist and conductor, and Paul Taylor uh, is a modern dance choreographer. And I think it's just adorable they gave it to Newman and Woodward at the same time. And uh, we have dueling Amy Fisher movies. One starring oh, yes. Alyssa Milano, one starring Drew Barrymore. You try and guess which one: the Amy Fisher story or Casualties of Love, the Long Island story, where Joey Buttafuoco and Lolita, Long Island, the Long Island Lolita, Lolita story, where Joey and it is Joey Buttafuoco in both is are played by me. It's the role I was born <laughs> to play. But Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story, is very much the pro Joey version. That is oh. the one where it's Joey did nothing wrong. It, he he was completely innocent. So you get both takes. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then uh, moving into video games very quickly. One of the weirdest properties of the late 80s, early 90s is the Incredible Crash Dummies, uh, which were a P- PSA characters that had yeah. kind of cool toys and kind of a cool like game and kind of a cool uh I think at least a special or a cartoon series. My children will never understand. So you had commercials. <laughs> These are those things you were forced to watch. Yep. Yes, son. We were forced to watch commercials. <laughs> and then you bought toys and video games based on the commercials that you were forced to watch. Right. Yep. Co- commercials that I think are government sponsored. Yes. Yeah. About yeah. buckle your seatbelt. That's, your that's a good seat message. Belt? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, yeah, and that toy was amazing where you could just like break cars over and over again by making them out of tinfoil. But yeah, that's the monoculture. Even yeah. our commercials got merchandise. Indeed. And I don't know if there's been a single big commercial property since Flow. I don't even know. Oh, Flow. Sorry. Progressives Flow. Yeah. What about the cavemen? Caveman. That's far below. That's below. That was or like early two thousands. Mm. They um, had their TV show. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really, really. Not, I'm trying. I thought there was a semi recent one, but I can't think of it. So I'll give it to you. Um, also out this week, Prince of Persia brought to Sega CD finally the platform it was always meant for, Ugh. and uh, now it, that crystal clear red book audio where you can finally get voice acting. Uh, we have a little clip of it. I'm so glad that. You are here. (laughs) I would like you to meet Father when he returns. Yes, but I am just a wandering traveler. Your father may be angered if he sees us together and banish me along with Jaffa. Why is he smiling? (laughs) Are they human? I mean, I, I just assume they got like the janitor and his girlfriend who were on their lunch date at their office or something, and they were like, okay, you two, you're you're recording this for us. I mean, it, it, it is like... It sounds like they're uh, professional, but they have one shot at this, so they can only draw this <laughs> picture once. They have no other shot at reanimating or retaking any of these sequences. The voice acting does not mix the emotions on these anime characters' faces. That's why this version is interesting. Let's uh, close out the segment with some music, and by that we mean the Rolling Stones' top 500 albums uh, from this year. Is it from this year or Albums from this year that made the top 500 list. Correct. There we go. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. Is it their debut? It's their debut. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, REMs, Automatic for the People. Doc- yeah, oh, such a classic. Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Fuck yes. Uh, Peyton- I don't think we spend enough time <laughs> underlining what a big deal is. Like, okay, rap has become hip-hop now, everyone. Like, yeah. this is the line. Here it is. Yeah, Pavement, Slanted, and Enchanted. Uh, Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes. That was kind of inescapable. And in, like, I never put that album on, but I've heard it 300,000 times. Do you know Artsy Girls? Yes. Do I know there Goth go. Girls? Yes, I do. Yep. Um, <laughs> the Far Side, Bizarre uh, Ride to the Far Side. That w- Yes, I knew women into that as well. The Far Side. Great. You've heard it even if you ha- think you haven't. Sade's Love Deluxe. Uh, Mary J. Bly's What's the 401 and Beastie Boys Check Your Head. All out 30 years ago. Um, and I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston is still number one this week, 30 years ago to uh, yep. this date. So I was having trouble finding music for this week because nothing moves on the charts, nothing changes. So I went through all the songs of the year to see, okay, what is like the most popular song of the year that we still haven't played yet? Oh, <laughs> That's what we're going to be playing through the rest of the show. So yeah, the most popular song on the Billboard charts that we somehow have not played this entire year is Baby, Baby, Baby by TLC. Baby, 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 Baby by TLC. Please take us out. When we get back, we will recap an entire year's worth of pop culture uh, in 2002. Don't move. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Two comedies that couldn't be different. Kind of odd to enjoy together, but one of them is the highest gro- one of the highest grossing movies of the year behind E.T., I think. 48 Hours and Tootsie, which I had never seen. I had right. really I thought I had seen it. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I just I, I okay. thought I remembered it airing on cable all the time and then watching it like I definitely didn't see this. Not, that not was Juana Man, I think. Juana Man. Juana Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Mrs. Downpour. Superior film. Let's be let's be real here. Yeah, well I, I thought it was fun. It's like there's a bunch of movies from eighty two that we definitely should talk about. And it's like the uh but instead we're going with the number one highest grossing comedy of the year and the number three highest grossing comedy of the year. Because and, and, I refuse to talk about number two. Because oh, it's Porky's. Porky's. Porky's does surprisingly well. It's the fifth highest grossing film of 1982 above Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Yes. And talk about a movie that's wow. aged like milk. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming in 2002, our final coverage of 2002, December 30th through January 5th of 2003. 
with Wasting My Time by default. I can't tell if that's boilerplate or we were supposed to replace it with something. Uh, this is the most perfectly band, named band I've ever <laughs> fucking heard because it's like, it, it, this might be Creed, uh, this might be Lincoln Park. I can't tell. It's default. It's a, it's default new rock nowadays. It's default WWE entrance music. But yeah, Lose Yourself by Eminem is still number one this week, 20 years ago. And as for Rolling Stone's top 500 albums that came out in the year of 2002, we have Bruce Springsteen's The Rising. Come on over, my dad loved that album. Uh, Peter Wolf, Sleepless, Beck's Sea Change, Coldplay, A Rush of Blood to the Head, and Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Obviously, the, that, those legacies are pretty undeniable. Uh, 2002 words added to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Wow, how things change in 10 years. Dubstep, dubstep is a 20-year-old term? <laughs> my yeah. word. Wow. My I, word. That doesn't fit my memory. No. No. No, it doesn't. I thought we were still in electronica in 2002, but I also don't pay attention to these things. It's true. Uh, Goji Berry. Are you sure this isn't 10 years ago? Goji Berry and Humblebrag? Mm-hmm. Humble, yeah. Humblebrag, I, I suppose. Humblebrag. I, yeah. I, Go, I Goji Berry suddenly becoming really popular as like a superfood antioxidant thing, even though they've been around. <laughs> Obviously, Goji. it's a fucking plant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this hip new plant that... <laughs> It was described by Pliny the Elder, but it's new. Yeah. <laughs> Humble brag is it, it feels newer, but I think the guy who helped bring it in the lexicon has been dead for almost ten years. Harris Whittles, mm-hmm. uh, Humble brag Twitter. This I I get because noob, one of the funniest. The the first time I saw someone my age go on a dad rant about how I don't understand what these words are, the first guy I knew to live with his longtime girlfriend. And we were Counter-Strike players. And she got really drunk one day and was just like, just started yelling, oh, I got pwned. Oh, I'm a noob. I'm like, yeah, that was about 20 years ago. That was 20 <laughs> years ago when we were starting to define uh, smack talk, to use a word from 30 years ago, in video game chats. Parkour. Parkour. Is, parkour. Um, is a 20-year-old Parkour. Uh, I was a parkour noob. No. Parkour is 20. Reggaeton. My, uh, so... Mm. My wife was uh, helping us change the air dryer vent uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, she kind of got a little stuck because she's a beautiful, wonderful hobbit of a woman. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she was like, well, how do I get out of here? And I'd hurt my back, so I didn't oh, want to no. pull her out. And I just said, parkour. <laughs> uh, awesome. Always a good play. Anytime anybody falls down is a great time to say parkour. <laughs> You'll both feel better. Reggaeton, I, I, yeah. I guess I can't pretend to know even what this is, but like, is that a new kind of reggae or a new way to describe reggae? It's kind of a new kind of reggae where oh. it's like, it's reggae, but it's also has other influences. It's, I wasn't a And dorm. for the longest time, I thought people were saying reggaetron. I am and Reggaetron I, 2000. I it had like Lordy Mercy. Because I'm white and dumb, so... <laughs> yes. I apologize to the people of Jamaica. A s- selfie feels like no. You no, have I a. You have a... I, we were. I was using a digital camera in 2002 exclusively. So yeah, selfie seems okay. right. I was taking them. Thumb drive mm-hmm. again. Ten years after flash drive. Okay, maybe they yeah. mean different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, TLDR. That's got to be. 
what is it? A live journal, <laughs> a, a Tumblr, Reddit? Oh thing? yeah, that's, live journal sounds right to me. Uh, also, vlog journal. is coined this year, but TLDR is in case you don't know, too long, don't read. Informing you that what is you're about to read anyway is long, which you will find out as yeah. you read it. That was too long, didn't read. Isn't too it? Oh, is it? Yeah, or... too long, did not read. Okay. Right. The summary. Oh, I thought it was yeah, just a warning. I, I, I have seen it be both, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, we do have a couple movies to talk about as we get into 2002. The Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, is still number one at the box office, and that makes me want as to... As it should be. Yeah, kiss my fingers and yep. point it at God. Uh, mm-hmm. Personal Velocity, Three Portraits, is also out. What? Three? It, yeah. Here is Cedric so, Parker Posey and Feruza Bulk. Yeah, so this is by Rebecca Miller. I think it's her second movie. Um and it's kind of just like here's three different portraits of different women at different points of their lives like trying to get control back and it's supposed to be fine in that like super indie movie kind of way why does um, it sound like a mountain climbing movie i know because <laughs> of terminal velocity there it is that's probably it <laughs> i i thought that too so it's like yeah it's a super tiny mini indie thing that's kind of how rebecca miller rolls and uh you know she's kind of busy being Mrs. Day Lewis, I suppose. A lady Day Lewis. I believe she's Lady Day Lewis now. Um, yeah. So let's move on to a movie I was super surprised by. I yeah. thought I was going to be depressed as fuck no. by this next movie. It's and I laugh so hard. It's great. Uh secret cameo by Angela Lansbury. That's not she... Glass Onion. Uh see that film. <laughs> she's people? in the grid. Oh, also, if you haven't seen Glass Onion, that cameo. Tech- very, very technically. Angela Lansbury helped launch DLC of a modern game as her last cinematic <laughs> act. I'm not kidding. Uh, well, just the, like as a fan of mysteries, I was happy to see her and to see her with Sondheim, Sondheim. as a fan of musicals to yes. have them together. And Natasha. That was really cool. Uh, uh, and, uh, and fucking Kareem because Kareem, Kareem is the best. Anyway. Well, I'm curious, uh, Howard Hessman, RIP, Jane Squibb, Dermot Mulroney, Hope Davis, Kathy Bates, and Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. I know something about retirement. What really means something is the knowledge that you devoted your life to being productive, to raising a fine family. I can't do everything, Randall. I cannot do everything. I know. To having wonderful, lasting friendships. I thought you might want these back. Let's talk about this. Take a good look at a very rich man. About Schmidt, rated R. I, I... Jack Nicholson, who I don't believe has been in a movie for 15 years. Um, yeah, we talked about How Do You Know being his last one and why, because he couldn't remember his lines anymore and it made him miserable. Yeah. And this is, honestly, this is the last Jack is the only name above the title movie, period. It also is a really, it's a really great last role. It's a very traditional Hollywood last role, like where What's yeah. His Nuts from the Honeymooners won his Oscar for. It's... uh. I'm trying I'm trying to remember his name. Um Oh, Art Carney? Yeah, Art Carney, there you go. Yeah. But you know like the, the uh, when the the long-standing Hollywood guy gets his old guy movie and I love that fight scene in the film because it is so WWE just throwing <laughs> closed-fisted things over a, the back of a guy's neck because you don't really know how to fight and you're not really trying to hurt somebody. <laughs> uh th- this film is surprisingly funny and hilarious and a really good role for this guy who's been famous for 5 decades. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's written and directed by Alexander Payne. Mm-hmm. And I think what made me nervous is Nebraska. 
because yeah. Alexander Payne also made Nebraska, which is also takes place in Nebraska, starring an old guy from this generation of actors about being an old guy. And that mm -hmm. movie, while it does have a lot of black humor and it is also like super depressing about aging. Yeah. And when I saw, oh, this movie's about Jack Nicholson, he retires from his, you know, little corporate job and wife dies. can't figure out what to do with his life. And then his wife passes away. And now he's like massively stuck and it, he doesn't even know who he is or what he wants anymore. Yeah. I thought, oh God, that sounds so depressing. And it turns out, no, it's actually Road trip. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Like there, it's a, a hilarious film. I watched but, it for the very yeah. first time and yeah. I was shocked utterly by how much humor is this. There's yeah. a dark undertone. I, I, not sure if I'd call it a dark comedy because it's not that dark. Yeah. But it's got some know. hints. It yeah, might I mean, be. the first, yeah, the first two thirds of the movie is him just sort of coping with. I saw Alexander Payne describe it as he wanted to make The Graduate for 65 year olds. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, I see it. It's about, it's like aimless. What the hell do I do now? I did what I was supposed to do and now I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, he goes on a road trip. He tries to figure stuff out. It's not going well. And then the back third is so fucking funny yeah. where he <laughs> has to go to his daughter's wedding who like she was daddy's little princess and she had violin lessons and horseback riding lessons. And she's marrying for all intents and purposes, the biggest loser in the world. A I dirt mean, like, there is nothing about this character that we see that makes you go, oh yeah, that's a catch. You don't even use birth control. Um, <laughs> I mean, his mullet is fantastic. He's, he's balding while he's mulleting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dermot Mulroney. I didn't even recognize him because he's got like the big long mustache. And it's like, oh, he's a waterbed salesman. But then also <laughs> like Jack Nicholson's character is lying to himself about his daughter too. Cause he's like, oh, she works at a big tech company. And we find out it's called like Moondog Enterprises and she's a shipping clerk. Yeah. She doesn't have a fancy tech job. So he doesn't he doesn't know who she is, you know? And then he meets the whole family of ex-hippie dirtbags, including Kathy Bates, who pulls an Oscar nomination from only a couple of scenes because she's so fucking funny. And yeah, the most famous thing about this movie is she gets fully naked. Yep. Mm -hmm. If she if does you, the full Monty. If you want to see Kathy Bates in all her glory, she goes there. And that's brave. Honestly, it that is. was for a yes. woman of Kathy Bates' body and age, going the full Monty was brave. And that's, yeah. When yeah. I watch this now on my VHS, that part is totally worn out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then right after that, you get to see Jack's ass, too. So Hell yeah. Yeah. you want to see yeah. some old butts. <laughs> But uh, if if you talk about representation, you know, 17% of the U.S. population is over the age of 65. I would say maybe 1% of, uh, I'd say a quarter of 1% of Hollywood movies are have a over 65-year-old protagonist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? It's like it's this and yeah. up. That's all there is. Yeah. yeah. And, and. <laughs> Oh my God! And he has an age-appropriate wife. June Squibb's got a couple years on Jack, mm -hmm. and I love her. She's she doesn't get much to do here. I love June Squibb. She's so funny. But but I just, we're all I'm... we're oh, all going to get old. Saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's God good. willing. Yeah, God willing, it beats the alternative. You're you're either going to get old or you're going to die. And I really think there should be more 
stories are tribal stories are movies in my opinion and there should be more tribal stories about what is that phase of your life going to be like and i think it's uh not good that it's so underrepresented and mm -hmm. i love the fact that this film goes yeah just because you're over 65 doesn't mean your journey is over you've still got growing to do jack nicholson really comes to realization at the end of this film that it's not about me like he mm -hmm. so wants to just tell off at this wedding just be like during his speech be like this is a mistake this is horrible but he's realizing i have zero control zero power almost zero influence over mm -hmm. my grown daughter so i just have to let her go and let her do what she's gonna do yeah well i think that's what i like so much about that last third where it's you know the uh, culture clash comedy because he is such a upper middle class midwestern corporate kind of guy like even in retirement he's wearing ties half the time and to be with this like ex-hippie who's like kathy bates is yelling at her ex-husband and talking about how she breastfed her kid until he was five and just being like open and honest it, and letting your emotions out and he like can't deal with it and then his final realization of like these aren't bad people like dermot mulroney is a fiance he's actually a good guy he's just really stupid mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. is so so dumb he's so it, like he wants to get into a pyramid scheme that everyone tells him is a pyramid scheme and then when it turns out it's a pyramid scheme he's still mad and says it wasn't a pyramid scheme <laughs> like you're a moron um okay. but he comes with his fiance you know when his mom passes away and he's helping out and he helps clear the walk and shovels the snow and he's a stand-up guy he's just real dumb yeah but it's okay it could work okay i think we're all recommending this right so we do yeah. have to get to the recommends there's 75 yeah. more to do do not mean to cut short about schmidt because it's a great film yeah yeah, uh, no, I just I, I just want to let people know who were like me and thought this is going to be like a sad no. movie about aging. Nah, dude, no, it's, it was funny. It's, it's more in tone with election than almost anything else Alexander Payne will write afterwards. Yeah, this is his follow up to election. So mm -hmm. the pressure was on uh, this year. The National Film Registry welcomes Real Women Have Curves. And that is it. The sole That's entry it. from 2002. Fantastic. Why is that? So, well, we, so glad. we're about to go down and rank a couple of our like we're gonna have to whittle down our recommends of the entire year so let's get a going with the first group alphabetical order we're gonna pick three and no more than three for movies we still recommend from our previous recommends about a boy about schmidt ali g in the house autofocus barbershop bennett like beckham birthday girl black hawk down blade two and the born identity hmm this is mm. the first category i've seen where like i could go with none of these <laughs> Uh, if, if we're picking one, I'm going to go for Barbershop. Uh, it's a mm. hilarious comedy. It's about, again, something you don't see very much in uh, cinema. You know, mm. it's uh, really well done and it knows what it wants to be and it does it really well for what it wants to be. That's yeah, I, I was considering that I'm I'm stuck between born identity because I think that is, again, important for where action ends up going and bend it like Beckham because there need to be more movies about a variety of protagonists like this. That's just like solidly made crowd pleasing good characters. Yeah, I think I could go bend it like Beckham because I'm such a freaking girl. But yeah, that, that's my call. Chris. 
I want to give it to Blade 2 only because of Harry Knowles' review coming back into focus this year, which <laughs> like I take no credit for, but like it was really fun to say that first for some people. and It's, oh, it's so awful, but uh, I don't want to recommend anything. I really Because like, my personal favorite is Ali G Into House, but I know it's not a great film, and I don't yeah. want it on our list. And I, I've watched all of these multiple times. I don't get Born Identity or Black Hawk Down. That is not, those are not, I've never been able to get into those films. And uh, Bend It Like Beckham, sure. Barbershop, sure. Autofocus, I wish was better. About a Boy would be the one. So I'm just going to not do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about About a Boy, too, because it's another one. It's like, well, I thought that was going to suck. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, they got everything right. It's the opposite of suck. But let's. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll carry my weight over my weight over into group two. With Bowling for Columbine, Brown Sugar, The Cat's Meow, Catch Me If You Can, Changing Lanes, The Count of Monte Cristo, Dahmer, Dog Soldiers, Dogtown, and Z-Boys. Personally, if I can get my rant in here, Changing Lanes and The Count of Monte Cristo are uh, underrated films that like nobody talks about but are pretty goddamn decent for this year. I think we, we just talked about Catch Me If You Can. You know I feel about that. But Bowling for Columbine is guns being a personal issue of mine. And by that, I mean their utter banishment, like every other civilized society, both how depressing and how not far we've come. But also, you talk to people on both sides, like gun legislation of any kind is impossible. Like, no, it's not. It's here 20 years ago in the face of the exact same stuff we're doing now. It's just certain groups like to drag their heels for everyone else and make the country worse for the rest of us. So fuck guns. All they do is make for a toxic society. Michael Moore is a hero. And this might be my favorite movie of his. Uh, fair enough. Anybody um, else? I'm going to go with uh, Catch Me If You Can. I think it's uh, an excellent film. Mm -hmm. uh, I already told you why last week. Just listen to that. Yep. Yeah, that's probably where I was going to go to. I kind of want to go cast me out because it is a movie made like just for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about like Hollywood and 20s and scandal. And it's not Babylon, which I am really looking forward to seeing because I haven't heard a single nice thing about it. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. But no, catch me if you can would, would be the, the pick there. I if, knew it would be covered. It. All right. Well, and I, I got an easy one for the, the next Group Number two, three, group know. three, yeah. drumline, eight-legged freaks, eight mile, Evelyn, frailty, Frida, gangs in New York, the gathering storm, the good girl, and Gosford Park. And I know what Diana's going to pick. Gosford Park. Yeah, she yeah, knew it. Hey, again, you like Glass Onion? You like your star-studded murder <laughs> mysteries? But they're actually about class and money and stuff, dude. Gosford Park is unbeatable. I still need to embreviate on Gosford Park for a little while. Um. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um you know, going by our hard-boiled Reservoir Dogs logic, I'm going to give it to Frailty because it gave us Bill Paxton. And <laughs> no, no, it, but, well, well, Bill Paxton, the director. It I know it. It did. It gave us. I love Bill Paxton. Miss him every day. Yeah. No, this was tough. Frailty and Frida are both up there for me. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think they're underrated. Jur, Jur. I'm going with Gosford Park just because I love Downton Abbey, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a hundred percent in existence because of this film. Yeah. All right. And then um, next group, number four, group four, we got Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Heaven, Hero, the Jet Li one, not the Dustin Hoffman one. Ice Age. I know where JR is going with his Ice Age. Igby goes down, <laughs> the important of being earnest. Infernal Affairs, Insomnia. And of course, my lock, Jackass the movie. To this day, I meet people who say they hate Jackass. And it's one of those few movies like, watch it for 10 minutes. 
Why are you laughing so hard? You hate this. It's bad. It's destroying society. You can't do that with any other comedy movie. There are not that many laughs stacked in the front every five minutes. Jackass it, Jackass could heal the world if we would only just let it. Let these people hurt Jackass themselves. Jackass blew me away. That was incredible. I, I say it's just, just, it's a fine. I was joking. I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I feel like it's when it's getting good. I feel like, you know, the well, first still the one worst. is, you know, uh, okay, but this is when the series is really taking off the landing strip, when it's really just getting to be the defining films for its generation in some ways. Really hoping one of you picks mm. Insomnia. That's kind of where I was thinking. Thank you. It's a classy, yeah, I'm, un I'm underrated film. Stuck between Hero, the Jet Li one, oh, finally that's get yours. my... Uh, <laughs> get my, yeah, I mean, I may not have watched that if you hadn't pushed me to do so, and I'm glad you did. So I yeah, can understand you being the hero. Really stuck between, yeah, the Jengi Moose uh, hero and Insomnia, but I feel like Insomnia is the one that's sort of lost in the shuffle mm -hmm. when everyone talks about Christopher Nolan. They just kind of skip over Insomnia, and damn, it's good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've already covered that. 2002 was the year Robin Williams got spooky, and he's so good in it. Yeah, and then. Number five, Jason X, which every time I see one that, like, I must apologize for this recommendation, I guess. But I like Jason Jason X. The Kid Stays in the Pictures, Kissing Jessica Stein, Lilo and Stitch, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I wonder which one JR is going to pick. Minority Report, Monsoon Wedding, Monsters Ball, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So obviously I'm not going to pick the two wedding ones, but I will pick Lilo and Stitch because it is mm. the absolute most enjoyable of those films mentioned, and the biggest success, the last big success I think Disney ever had with something you could call their traditional style of animation before they abandoned it entirely. Uh, Princess of the Frog? This is, you can still buy Stitch stuff at gas stations. Like this, okay. this has resonated yeah, in a way. Way more popular. Yeah. And I, I, I got a Princess Tiana a Christmas ornament for Christmas this year, and I'm happy oh. to have her because I love Princess and the Frog. In, in addition to more representation on my tree. But uh, Lilo and Stitch, by the way, is just absolutely a wonderful, wonderful animated film. One of the best animated yeah. films of my lifetime. Yeah. Recommended highly. Yeah. I mean, it's the no surprise. Great. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, animation's yeah. great and it's funny. Yep. Uh, again, going back to Aladdin. And I just, like, I yes, just, just do a comedy, damn you. I just watched Boz Lerman's Elvis. And I just watched an Elvis documentary, and I just listened to his Christmas record, and I watched a little of this just because, like, where's more? I kind of want more Elvis. I knew I was getting into that phase. Uh, I'm going to save JR for last because I just want to be surprised. And uh, <laughs> do you have one you think is a... Oh, I'm really torn because Kissing Jessica Stein is kind of an important movie in the gay canon, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of pointing towards Minority Report because oh, of something JR said about Blade Runner, mm -hmm. saying that basically since Blade Runner, that's been sort of the vision of the future that we've gotten. That's mm -hmm. defined a lot of what we think the technological future would look like until minority. Report. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just cracking entertainment. It's just well done. And without, so, without social media to, to without a template for social media, a movie about, being arrested technologically before you commit your crimes for good or bad. We sort of do live there now. It's about with, cancel culture. Well, no, no, not that, but let's like, <laughs> you, you can, you can write something in a Facebook group and still be arrested for it before you've actually committed a crime because just 
conspiring to do it is a fucking crime. And you hear but that's always been the case. I know, I mean, but yeah. you hear you hear idiots talk about how this has gone minority report. He didn't actually do that yet. I'm like, yeah, but if he was tell- talking about doing that on a public access television show, the same result would have occurred. So it gets invoked, but like, I think our future looks more minority report than it does Blade Runner. Cleaner, more yeah. sterile, more touchscreens, uh, more corporate tracked cars that is still a thing that needs yeah. to happen like i should be able and not that shitty elon musk uh <laughs> vegas loop i should be able to drive my car on a track on an interstate and not worry about driving for hours because why would you want me to tear up the road and make decisions here take me 120 miles an hour well i'm sure this is shocking everyone i'm mm-hmm. giving it to the lord of the rings the two towers what, what i mean suck it kid stays in the pictures <laughs> it's an incredible film going experience. It holds up today remarkably well. I watched it over Thanksgiving. And if I had the spare time, I would do a rewatch of the entire trilogy again, mm-hmm. one month later. Yep. Mm. With you. With you. All right. We'll move on to the sixth group. One hour photo, orange County panic room, the pianist, the Powerpuff girls movie, punch drunk love, rabbit proof fence, Real Women Have Curves, Reign of Fire, and The Ring. And I think this is another category where, like, I can choose all or none because I just, mm. I, they're all yeah. re- recommends in the same way, but they're, none of them are personal favorites. It's mm. not a personal favorite or anything, but mm. I'm giving it to One Hour Photo oh. because Robin Williams is the creepiest creep I have mm-hmm. seen in a long, long time. You know, I, He does such an amazing performance in that. I thought you were going to yeah. give it to the, the pianist because i of all the things we recorded together i liked you talking about that movie the most given that you hadn't seen it before yeah um, i that's a great one too I, i'm not gonna say that's not a great one but i'm uh i'm playing the angles here and i'm I'm hoping diana will pick that i i'll how about this because mm. i i know what the actual best movie is here I think mm. my favorite. That what is I've the watched, actual best movie the one i've watched the most punch drunk love yeah. the actual best one rabbit proof fence mm. I I am really torn on some of these because Rabbit Proof Fence is kind of a, a lot like The Pianist. And it's like it's a really well-made movie about something that's important that mm-hmm. doesn't get studied enough, hasn't like brought to people's attention. And the fact that it's just really good. Mm-hmm. Real Women Have Curves was kind of my biggest like happy surprise. Like awesome. I'd always heard it was good. I watched it and I was like, that was wonderful. If you like, say, Lady Bird. Y'all should definitely check Lady out Real Women Have Curves. But also, Reign of Fire is one of my favorite bad movies. <laughs> what an upset. What an but, upset. No, oh I think God. I'm going to go Rabbit Proof Fence on this. I think okay. that's a movie, besides it being a movie more people should see, it's also about a his- thing in history that more people should know about. Fucking And, and it's beautiful. And it's so beautiful. Oh, my God. I It makes me want to hike around the Australian outback, except not really because I'll die. Like, okay. immediately. Okay. Wow. This right. is much easier. Any, Numbers any the penultimate group. I I mean that's the one I would go with. So Rabbit Proof Fence? Yeah. All right. Uh last uh, penultimate group, uh Road of Perdition, the Rookie, Secretary, Solaris, Spider Man, Spirit of <laughs> Spirit, Stallion of the Sumerian. I feel like I'm spitting all over my microphone in these esque Spy Kids too. It's the Island of Flush Dreams, The Sum of All Fears, Sunshine State, and Super Troopers. <laughs> I think this is the toughest category of them all. This is pretty tough. Because none of these are like, 
I would really call my all-time favorites, but they're unique, different, and if you haven't seen them, you simply must. And I especially mean that for Road to Perdition, Secretary, Solaris, uh, Sunshine State, and Super Troopers. Um, yeah. Let me see what you guys do and pick up. And also, I'll... Spider-Man I, I... is kind of important. Totally. I'm going to give it, it to Spider-Man yeah. because this is, you know, X-Men were one thing. Spider-Man was a lot bigger than the X-Men. I feel like modern comic book movies have more in common with 2002 Spider-Man than they do with the X-Men films. Yeah. Maybe it's the not... first it's hmm. the first like movie in a long time that wasn't afraid. This is a superhero. He wears tights. You know, there's that X-Men line. But he can't, what did he he want? can't Yellow, invent his own web fluid. He can't yep. do that. But hmm. To me, I think the superhero genre that we know it as today, yes, there's Superman 1978, Oof. but Spider-Man 2002 is the direct ancestor of pretty much all the Marvel movies you see today. And so I'm giving it to it, that. It should, this shouldn't be a criteria in terms of character. In addition to all these other movies I watched this year, the character I've watched the most this year Drunken viewings of No Way Home has led to me spending more time with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man than almost any <laughs> any pop culture character in 2022. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I, I have, he's, he's, he's the biggest... It, it, he was the biggest comic book star who had not had a movie yet. And mm -hmm. if it had failed, all of history would be different. Yeah. Yep. Diana, let's see what you do here. I gotta go Road to Perdition. Just because I don't know why I liked it the first time around 20 years ago. And when I rewatched it this time, everything fucking clicked for me. And now it's like another one of these movies. Like, could we have like five or six of these a year? Yeah. I, I just want a nice period piece that's got cool double crossing and maybe little bursts of violence and a lot of really interesting character stuff that looks gorgeous because it's gorgeous period is that they put that hollywood money into it that does make two comic book movies for this category that uh, does <laughs> yes movies. always never ever ever forget when someone complains about a comic book movie you should say yeah road to perdition what a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> it's and, such a kids movie for kids kids are all like oh, see paul newman's final performance <laughs> <laughs> and i i want to help you guys decide for me what mm -hmm. I'll recommend in this category because I've narrowed it down to two for me. Sunshine State and Super Troopers. Sunshine State, John Sales, great. I like it more than most people, but it is also, you know, where Diana and JR have lived, I think is better represented on film. I'm from North Florida, which is different from Orlando, Florida and Miami, Florida. They do not look similar at all, but it looks similar from Southern Georgia, like Walking Dead and every other Marvel movie you see filmed nowadays. And it, in terms of being visual, visually representing where I'm from, Sunshine State is like an hour away from me. It looks like what I grew up with. Uh, the rivers and the beaches, it's beautiful. I really like watching it on the big screen. Super yeah. Troopers, I think, really helped change comedy in the same way like some of those SNL vehicles of the early 90s did, where it's just like, nobody knows these guys, but they got the money and somehow made a funny movie, and it's worth putting that in people's eyes. I know maybe for some people there's diminishing returns to Broken Lizard, but I think Super Troopers is a delightful, delightful comedy for everyone. Even in a time where you may not like cops, you might like Super Am I Troopers. saying meow? Don't yes. think, boy. Meow, do you know how fast you were going? It's a good comedy. It's a good I, comedy. I would, 
I would go with Sunshine State because I don't think Super Troopers needs promoting. Sunshine State it is. JR, are we cool with that? We're cool. He shrugged. He wants Super Troopers. Let's prolong this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Last group. Love them both. Yes. Last group. Oh, man. This is... Oof. Oh, my my early days of DVD piracy. Talk to her. 13 conversations about one thing. The Transporter, Treasure Planet, 24-Hour Party People, Undercover Brother, Undisputed, Unfaithful, and White Oleander. Whew. Ooh. I, okay, yeah, I, I got to go with my gut. What's that, T? 24-Hour Party People. I'm, I'm Another one of those movies I had always heard was good. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't think it was going to be as much of a comedy, and I... I love it. I, I love loved it. it. It's it it's fun. It fucks with being a biopic in a way. It, it does a bunch of very goofy, unexpected things. It's a it, like yeah. we, if we said if I you didn't it. hear say it before, it's it's a it pretends to be a biopic, but it's a story about a scene. And I don't mm-hmm. know that I've mm-hmm. I've seen that I've seen that a lot with the '60s, but nothing like I was barely alive for the Manchester scene. But I like the music more than I do any of the '60s boomer stuff. It is fascinating, and it's totally worth seeing, and it's told differently. Uh, more movies should be made like it. I'm really yeah. stuck here, Jr. Is there something? Yeah, you... I, mean, I mean, I might lean towards Undercover Brother. I'm. I could see. Ooh. It. Yeah, dark horsing that because that's a dark this, horse. Yeah, I I have very fond memories of that film, and I still cracked up when I rewatched it. And again, it's it's a genre you don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it needs the love. What, Black Austin think... Powers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How yeah, many black yeah, parody yeah. films are there? Uh, a few, but they, I love them all. I love. I know. could think of two others. Uh, I mean, besides, I'm gonna okay, get you sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker. Don't drink your juice. Uh, black Dynamite. But there's not many. Yeah. There really isn't. There's not many. Yeah, and, and the scary movies. I guess scary... sort of count. Kinda. I, I don't feel like those are particularly. Nah, no, yeah, representative right. of a culture. Yeah. Man, I like Ablaconea so much. And I mm. if I if I was picking my personal favorite or an underrated, I could see myself leaning towards Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet is wonderful. Looks amazing. Great Martin Short's animated uh performance. The Transporter might be my actual favorite movie here, but I'm just gonna do this and do this only once. In terms of a movie I didn't want to see and thought I wouldn't like at all. And enjoyed immensely. Undisputed, I yeah, was wrong. I, my fair. my whole brain was wrong about Undisputed. The whole brain. <laughs> so I I love it when I can't trust myself and I'm proved wrong. I don't care about the genre of film. I don't care about the formula of the film. I don't care about the actors in the film, and I don't care about the fighting, the ultimate fighting. But I thought it was amazing. I thought it was an amazing, not even a Rocky tale, something completely different, and uh, very very good. There was, yeah. So there we go. Just like our, our boiled down recommends for uh, 2002. Barbershop, Bend It Like Beckham, Bowling for Columbine, Catch Me If You Can, Frailty, Gosford Park, Harry Potter 2, Insomnia, Jackass 1, uh, Lilo and Sitch, Lord of the Rings Part 2, as JR likes to call it, uh, Minority Report, <laughs> One Hour Photo, Rabbit Proof Fence, Road to Perdition, Spider-Man, Sunshine State, 24-Hour Party People, Undercover Brother, and Undisputed. Good. I feel Whew. almost as good about that as the previous list. TV in 2002 was dominated by Bowles. 89th Rose Bowl. Uh, the number eight Oklahoma beats the number seven Washington State. 34 to 14. I wish I could care less. Honestly, I wish I could poo-poo <laughs> this statistic more. But I can't. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we missed the 93 Rose Bowl. Uh, Wolverines beat Huskies. 
I, I, and I every time I look at the MVP, do I recognize that guy? No. Did they go into the NFL? Yeah. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Recognize them. Okay. Uh, and then games of 2002, we got none. So how about we just close out the segment with Heaven by DJ Sammy. And uh, we have another huge ass hit we never got around to. True. And and it's a cover. And it's a cover. <laughs> but we got one more segment to boil down the essence of 10 years ago and the season finale of 30 2010. One of us might die. Try and guess which one. Uh, when we get back from the short break. <laughs> Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a Big Giant Question Mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Empire Strikes Back. Uh, here's a little bit of a teaser trailer from 1979. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. So can you tell who the narrator is? Dude, it, it sounds like a, a powdered toast man, like a reader. That's what's so crazy <laughs> about it. Because the narrator is Harrison Ford. Is it really? Yeah, He's just doing like, yeah. A, like, a, like a radio. Yeah, it's the most enthusiastic performance I've ever heard from Harrison yeah, Ford ever, in my ever. life. <laughs> uh, but it's but you can hear it. Listen. Now the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga: The Empire Strikes Back. The, the title it is the That's title nice. was the title Empire Strikes Back was I think leaked as early as 1978. It sounds like. My wife listens to podcasts on 1.25 speed. Oh, it sounds like it. I can't either. It sounds like chipmunks <laughs> to me. That's what it sounds like. Oh, that's sick of Star Wars. Available exclusively at patreon.com slash laser time, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. Hello, Mr. And Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of December 30th through January 5th, am I going to do a wrap-up of Classic Corner? No, absolutely not, <laughs> because I recommend way too many things from way too many places. But if I did do a, rec- uh, a wrap-up, it would actually be kind of short, because I like to focus on things turning 50 and Godfather and Cabaret. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. But actually coming out this week to see if we want to recommend them is again from 50 years ago this week sorry it's not the godfather or cabaret but it is a geary wrath of god written and directed by Werner herzog starring his best fiend klaus kinski and uh he's a conquistador and he's going into the amazon and you know that's always a great combination when you get herzog kinski and a jungle and uh yeah it's beautiful it's their first collaboration they're out in rainforest in peru it, it's absolutely gorgeous it's weird because you know these motherfuckers is weird but yeah if you haven't dug into the uh herzog kinski collaborations 
yeah, you might as well start here and then move on to Fitzgeraldo. And then turning 70 this week, uh, one of my favorite behind-the-scenes movie movies, The Bad and the Beautiful from 1952, directed by Vincente Minnelli, starring uh, Lana Turner. Kirk Douglas is just the biggest bastard. <laughs> he's uh, he's a producer, and he's a bit of a bastard. And um, everyone's backstabbing and being behind the scenes and trying to screw each other over. And yeah, you want something that's kind of kind of noir but also, you know, feels like they're, I don't know, telling tales out of school a little bit. Bad and the Beautiful, definite recommend. And everybody is, like, super sexy in it. Like, damn. Anyway, yeah, those are my recommends for this week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend more stuff. We have so much stuff to recommend already because we're going through all three years that we've talked about. But, uh, yay, hope uh, everyone's 2023 is starting out great. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming into 2002 with more Florida, or perhaps I should say Flowrider, Wild Ones, Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars is still uh, number number one this week. This is the final week of 30 2010 seventh season. Uh, what are we looking at? December 30th through January 5th. Uh, Music-wise, the music from this year that it has ended up on Rolling Stone's 500, 500 albums uh, from this year. Uh, we got Fiona Apple, The Idler Wheel. Oh, wow. Uh, Frank Ocean's Channel Orange, Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, uh, and Mad City, Mad City, um, Taylor Swift Red, Taylor Swift Wet Red as well. I hear she's pretty popular. Who? Who? Tay Tay! Uh, Merriam Webster's adds some words to the dictionary 10 years ago. Let's see. How? We have two man caves. Um, huh. Don't we? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Why do I associate yeah. that more with Dane Cook no for some reason? Cave- back on the list i'm not sure why we have it on both but uh, hot take the word hot take is added to the lexicon well the recognized lexicon 10 years ago uh marion webster's puts in hot take hot take which i feel like is something that has been around for a while it just never it didn't used to start sentences mm-hmm. like people would say i might have a hot a bit of a hot take on my here a real humdinger of an anecdote yeah i feel like it wasn't as huge an industry mm-hmm. it's like there seem to be so many people it's like that's their job is to just have like terrible hot takes on things yeah it's kind of how youtube makes its money and, yeah. <laughs> and we also had a gastropub i was living in san francisco so this was a little prevalent there but also just as annoying yeah. as you'd imagine we have unhealthy food but instead of uh being five dollars it's thirty dollars oh thank you <laughs> thank you uh, earworm, earworm. Uh, my voice has been described as an ear. No, it hasn't. Uh, earworm, as I'm being arm candy. Uh, that's here. Bucket list. Bucket list. Yeah. That seems a little late, and that's like a Jack Nicholson movie released right after about Schmidt. <laughs> bucket list. To me, that's the best word added this year. Really? I mean, bucket list is still something I see referenced all the time. It's a very compact phrase. This thing I want to mm. do before I die. Yes. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that's a nice, it, it's a very concise way of saying it instead of saying 
thing I've always wanted to do before I die. It seemed like, like it, oh, it's on yeah, my bucket list. Might have replaced yeah, like short. desert island albums or something like this. Like bucket list is a much short, much more concise way of saying like, what are your favorites or what do you most want to be your favorites or what do you most want to do? Underwater, right in time for uh, Avatar 2. I mean, or 10 years <laughs> earlier, uh, as in mortgage, mortgage, underwater right. mortgage. Yeah, that having your mortgage late. underwater. I mean, being it underwater. It should have been 2009. It's like, yeah. that's when it became a problem for so many people where their houses were, <laughs> their houses were valued at less than their mortgage was for. Yeah. 2009 is probably when that should have been in the dictionary, but I guess, well, we finally get it into 2012. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last, but definitely leastly, mashup. Mashup is finally added. In Again, there. it seems really late. It does. That seems like a 2002. It does. Um, you know, but they're it, dictionary people. They're not on top of everything. They're not. And it was, it, it, it mashup. I think the mashup you have to say has existed for years and years and years, but didn't get a widely recognized, agreed upon term until the internet truly pro proliferated. And for me, that does feel like the 2010s when like, all right, almost a majority of American citizens have the internet. And I just, that's when mashup musicians were really able to take flight because they didn't have to pay any licensing fee, depend on radio or being put into Sam goodies with stolen music. And we do actually have oh, kind of a lot of new movies this week. Um, none of which I'm intimately familiar with outside of maybe the first one, because I wanted to see it the most because it looked like an effects extravaganza, but also taking advantage of a very recent tragedy. Uh, this is this is a question. I mean, no one cares that Titanic was a real tragedy. You know, no one cares. I, I know how far I, back I, do you I, have to go? Until I went to the museum, the, the tragedy of the Titanic had, didn't hit me at all. Like, somehow seeing people's like their names on their luggage and like sign and like the plates on the different various decks, like it really hurt. It really hurt to see. All right, let's go really mm. hardcore. Pompeii. Yeah. You are not going <laughs> to care about a Pompeii film. Oh, I thought you meant the song. When mm. you close your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have seen personally with my own eyes, the, ashen remains of people who were at Pompeii, who were real people who thought just like you, who felt just like me. Mm -hmm. And if they make another movie about Pompeii, I'm not going to have a problem with it. So that's an extreme example. There's some line. I can't tell you when it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, is it eight years or is it uh, 2000 years? Because, yeah, we've got The Impossible with Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor and Tom Holland in his film debut. Oh, Little wow. baby, 14 year old Tom Holland. And it's only eight years after the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami that killed more than 200,000 people. Mm -hmm. And. This is based on a true story of this family that were actually Spanish and they're turned into Brits in this movie for reasons. <laughs> it's weird. It's a Spanish made movie. It's directed by Jay Bayona, who did uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom and also The Orphanage, which I super recommend. I love that movie. And um, yeah, it's goddamn terrifying. Yeah. It's really well done. I love the fact that they split up the two stories. Uh, as a parent, I can't imagine like being in a event like this and not knowing if my wife and other kid had survived and we're both on these two 
separate journeys of survival and then they meet up at the very end it's a master cut to have those two stories be separate yeah. uh they don't cut between them they just tell yeah. them in blocks which i think was the right way to go yeah because uh, i was the same of like oh my god like does this mean that the rest of the family got wiped out and a huge chunk of the movie is naomi watts and tom holland just yeah just trying to survive and getting more and more injured and get out of the water because they're not they don't know the tsunami's coming they're not at the beach like some people on the beach they saw the water recede and they just went oh weird <laughs> and then they died and then there were some people who saw the water recede and said oh fuck and get to high ground right like, fucking now like the animals 100 foot tall wall of water is coming yeah i uh i knew they someone they don't see it coming they're at the pool tsunamis are such a scary thing because it's really like this oh so that's what an act of god really is mm -hmm. i i have someone who uh worked on the board of seaside oregon uh their thing was okay what is our plan if a sea if seaside oregon small small little community in oregon if the tsunami that will inevitably 100 percent inevitable mm -hmm. hit us what do we do and he worked on that committee for two months and then he sold his house in seaside oregon and he's <laughs> never gone back because basically the the strategy is oh yeah we're fucked we have yeah. You, absolutely not the infrastructure to your deal best with option is, is whatever they do for amber alerts and that's dependent on my mother having her phone on her which will never happen yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no the entire west coast uh of the u.s worst case scenario is a gigantic earthquake in alaska in which case we'll have a little warning mm -hmm. like half an hour maybe and it's like that's one of the reasons i i did buy a house a bit uphill from where everything else was <laughs> yeah but we're talking about you know uh conservatively 10 million people trying yeah. to leave at the same time yeah the the wave that the folks in this movie got caught in made it a uh just over a mile inland yeah that can happen yeah. yep you yeah you're fucked so yeah i mean it's it is it's a reminder. It's, um... I mean, it's 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 but it's an inspiring movie. Generally, the you know the idea of like people come together, they support each other. Everyone is extraordinarily traumatized because I mean it's 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 about them at this tourist area. They don't speak Thai. Once they get out of the tourist area, communicating is hard. There is fucking chaos everywhere. Obviously, keeping track of people is hard. Everyone's looking for their loved ones, and so they spend a lot of time on that stuff, um, which is. I think really, really well done. My only complaint as someone who has spent a bunch of time studying for emergency rescue things, mm -hmm. I because I'm in on my local volunteer emergency rescue squad. Um, <laughs> if you're the walking wounded or you're not wounded at all, get out of town. Mm. You need to <laughs> leave. Get out of the area. You're just clogging shit up. Get Get your unit of people together as best as you can. And then go somewhere else because you're taking water and food and resources and time from the people who really, really need it. Mm. And so, yeah, there's a point like at the end of the movie where it's like they get this chartered flight to Singapore to get out of Thailand and, and it's empty. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Every Westerner should be on this flight. Just get them to Singapore where the phones work and then you can connect with your people again. Also, reminder, always have an out of area contact that you can relay messages to. No matter where you are in the world, 
have a deal with the rest of your family. It's like, we're all going to call grandma if something happens. Uh, good thinking. Yep. Also a uh, $20 satellite phone cellular mm. uh, charging system mm. isn't a bad idea I because have... uh, when you can get one for your backpack and it's like, oh, this is a cute little thing I put on my backpack. But if things ever get really bad, you're going to be very grateful for that. And there's a scene in this where uh, Ewan McGregor is asking a stranger, hey, can I use your phone? And the stranger is just like, no, I have almost no battery left and I need to conserve that for my own family. Actually, I, I'm, you, I'm not kidding. I, I, I invested and I, by invested, it was fucking cheap. And the first one broke. I invested in a, it fans folds out to six times its size with solar panels. And it takes like an entire day to charge it up to make like even a phone call. But holy shit, like we were entering heavy hurricane season and I was ha yeah. like having to charge my phone in my car for 13 days. So like, yeah, solar, anything you can get the solar powered portable charger thoroughly recommended. Yeah. But now the, the impossible for, for a pretty small budget movie, the effects are fantastic. Amazing. I mean, you really understand of oh yeah this this is what it it would be like where everything would just be absolutely flattened and murky and there's stuff flying yeah. all over the not place even pleasant water, water. <laughs> not pleasant no, water no Run you want to get water. it on that water immediately mm -hmm. because the sewage is all going to be backed up into that water Oof. um yeah it's uh it's prayer and yeah there's this another scene where you and regard does finally get to someone with a phone that was like oh this is some of the most realistic things that I've, I've seen in a movie about a disaster, which is like, he's holding it together until he has to tell someone what's going on. And then he loses it. And it's like, yeah, that's, I've, I've experienced that where it's like, okay, just having a sick pet of like, all right, I got to do this and this and this, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to deal with it. Not a problem. And the second someone says, how's it going? I lost it. Mm. Cause it's like, I had to change my mindset and now I have to think about the situation I'm in. And I, can't deal with it and that was a sick pet not my entire family's probably dead oh so. okay there's so many movies yeah. to talk about here let's keep going you know, i i've got to recommend the impossible though yeah throw it into the al the holbrook francis mcdormand rosemary dewitt john krasinski and matt damon in also in promised land you sign this lease it gives us the right to drill on your land what kind of money are you talking about you could be a millionaire i know everything about your company what you do how to beat it what happened? You were supposed to get in, get out. Steven and I can handle this thing. This town, this life, it's dying. And you just don't get out of the way. We're not fighting for land, Steve. We're fighting for people. Promised Land. Rated R. Rated R. Uh, I did not see Promised Land. I admit I did not. Hey! Get to it. Repeat. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> like, the reviews are pretty good. It's like a 60 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's co-written by Matt Damon and John Krasinski. It's their project. Whoa. Matt Damon was going to make his directorial debut on it. Instead, brought in Gus Van Sant because they worked together on Goodwill Hunting. And, yeah, it's a movie about uh, fracking companies and how they fuck up small towns. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and oh, oh, the fracking companies were so mad. But oh, we're being painted so terribly, so unfair. Fuck you. I mean, small towns aside, I've seen two marriages fall apart because of fracking. <laughs> yeah, they pay so much they lure people away from their family for like months and months and months and months on end. The film was uh, sponsored by Abu Dhabi. Which does have a vested oh. interest in oh uh, saying, "Yeah, don't do the fracking." 
Oh my god, that's hysterical. Mm. All right, and then lastly, I also didn't see Tiana. Uh, t- Why? T- Why would I watch this? I have so much I know, else to I know. Watch. I'm shocked it's number one at the box office. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Tanya Raymond, uh, Scott Eastwood, Trey Songs, Dan Yeager, and Alexandria Daddario. It is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Anything about this place? Just the address. You get a good look at him. He was wearing a face. A human face. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so I have never seen a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film in my entire life. What? Whoa. I've nope. seen the first one, and that is it. And so I gave this a chance, and then I noped out. I, it's not the gore or anything. It was just dumb. dumb. It wasn't interesting. Um, there was the, here's, nothing. Here's the secret, the real secrets. And I'm not, I really never say stuff like this because I don't want to diminish anybody else's experience. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the best movies ever made. It might be the most effective horror movie ever made. It's very, 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 very original, original idea. Executed amazingly. Toby Hooper's amazing. It's awesome. There's never been another good one. Never. Never, 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 because it will never be shot that way again. It'll never be made that way again. Light props to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 for going almost full Gremlins 2, but there's (laughs) never going to be another good one. There's never going to be a way to repeat that, and I'll be completely honest, all this is served better in video games. Like, the scares, the terror, the suspense... I've seen a billion video games do this better. I didn't see this. I'm not qualified to talk about it. That's just my opinion on the franchise. Yeah. A lot of complaints I saw critics saying that they're turning Leatherface into kind of a hero in a weird way. Freddy Krueger, at least. That's... No. (laughs) Yeah, at the the end of the film, I, I didn't watch the end of the film, but as I understand it, the protagonist, after having her friends die by Leatherface kind of adopts Leatherface at the end of this film because he's family? Yeah. No, y'all. Uh-uh. No. Okay. I'm happy to move on to boiling down our recommends of the year. That's why I'm giving some of these short shrift. Feel free to uh, help us out. Again, some of you were so great in the comments this week. Uh, unbelievable. Um, National Film Registry, nothing because they only just qualified. It's got to be 10 years. All right, should we talk about which of these films we think should qualify? Let's do that as we go. Let's do that as we go, because I'm pretty sure boiling down our favorites, we're going to have to talk about that. Um, So we're going to take, how many groups we got? We got, we have more recommends in 2012, which I am kind of shocked by. That's rarely the case and not the opposite of how nostalgia works. The most recent movie, the ones we've had the least intimate time with becoming our most recommended. But here we go. 86 in 2012, starting with alphabetically Anna Karenina, uh, Arbitage, Argo, The Avengers, Beast of the Southern Wild, Bernie, Big Miracle, Cabin in the Woods, The Campaign. Again, sorry, I know which one JR is going to pick, and I'm totally with him. Actually, it's a close one for me. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, The Avengers versus Cabin in the Woods. Uh, for mm-hmm. me. Uh, I was in a bad place when I watched Cabin in the Woods, and it really was a light at a time when I needed it. So yeah, I'm always going to have that about. memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers, though, is 
the freaking Avengers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it brought together the multi. Uh, there, there's, yeah, there's no other film that's a culmination of a lifetime of what I wanted. A lifetime, right. yeah, exactly. a lifetime and, of what I wanted. And, and nails it. And nails it. Yeah. Nails it. Everyone's all got the characters uh, work together. Every, all yeah. the action beats hit. The humor is great. The story is good. I, I, I've if, seen if some I've... clips oh, of ahead. the Avengers where they're like, okay, here's the scene where Bruce Banner is talking about how he's going to put a bullet in his head, but then he woke the, up. The as big the whole... guy always comes in. Yeah. 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 And it had that was willing to go that dark in a way. Modern Marvel movies really aren't. I, I can't think of a comparable scene in the last five or six years. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jr. If I choose the Avengers and let you choose Cabin in the Woods, favor to be named later. <laughs> I wasn't going to choose either one of those. Closing. I wasn't. You weren't. No. Really. No. Was I? I, right, I thought favor to be named later. I thought one of you might get to get to mine, but now nope. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I care I so much about both these movies. I give you the favor, Diane. I think I, you'd guess my oh, my true favorite. I think I guess your favor though. What is it, Diane? So yeah, J Jr's on the hook for something I would have done for you anyway. Bernie. Ah. Yeah, it was going to be Bernie. Bernie is. is... I got. I got to pick up Bernie. That's another one. Is like. Not enough people have heard of this. Not enough people have seen it. It is amazing, so fun, and it's, so well done. It's and one of Richard Linklater's best films. A biopic for someone who doesn't deserve a biopic. Yeah, and probably Jack Black's like best performance. <laughs> yeah, ever that or that Poker King yeah. thing he did on Netflix is really fun. But but mm -hmm. if, in order, the movies I've watched the most: The Avengers, <laughs> where there's like no comparison; Cabin in the Woods, which I've watched like five, six times; Bernie, which I've watched twice. I love Bernie. This is a good list. Already have. No. I, I've never been so happy with my co-host. And uh, I'm going to throw out one more time because I know the Hollywood executives are listening. Make a sequel to Cabin in the Woods set in Japan. A Japanese oh, office drama oh, mixed with Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Ooh. It, would... it would play. Um, and group number two, Celeste and Jesse Forever, Chronicle, Cloud Atlas, Compliance, Coriolanus, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, Django Unchained, Dread, End of Watch, and the five-year engagement. This shall be tougher. This is I'm tough. going for Cloud Atlas. Sorry. Oh, good. Cloud Atlas. Thank God. Uh, I don't have to choose it. This is a luxurious movie, yeah. which I got to watch in its full with no interruptions on a plane ride. <laughs> and I wish I could have seen it in theaters. I... It is an incredible experience. I think it's handling... The multiple story elements all intertwining in a fantastic way. Yeah, I got to give it to it. I, I mm. That was going to be my choice. I'm glad you took it. And I can bargain with Diana. If uh -huh. I promise to choose Dread or Drang Django Unchained and not Dark Knight Rises, will you be cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with those. Because I, I I know how much you love Dread. And... I do love Dread. Mm -hmm. I, the, it, yeah, but we also have... Dread, oh. but better on this list. That's true. <laughs> that too. Dread is wonderful, and they said they are working on a sequel. I kind of want to go for the biggest downer on this list, though. I kind of want to go with Compliance. Okay. Which is a very upsetting movie, but incredibly well done. All right, now that I know something else might be rating the list, I'm happy to mm -hmm. go with Django, even though I think The Dark Knight Rises is phenomenal compared to any other superhero movie that's not The Dark Knight. It is absolutely incredible. And watching Chronicle again, there 
I hope there's a story about Josh Trank in his return from film jail because it's a phenomenal opening feat for a filmmaker who was kind mm-hmm. of soured in the shitty Fox superhero production line. Um, I think it's an amazing... It Chronicle held up much better than I thought it would. And uh, Dread, yeah. we might address later on. I've always said End of Watch is like the mediocre to good movie that you get to calibrate what a truly good movie is. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. It's just it's not fine. great. Like uh, so we got that. Uh, group number three, Flight uh, for a Good Time Call. Frankenweenie, Friends with Kids, Fun Size, Game Change, The Good Doctor, Goon, The Gray, The Guilt Trip. I think Diana could predict I would go with Goon. Goon is a movie I've championed for years. I'm not a hockey fan. I'm barely a sports movie fan. Like he says about the number 69, it's hilarious. Pick this one. It's <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's my call too. Yeah. Actually, it's my call too. Wow. Got... Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I was blown away by Goon. It's just so charming. Uh, it, it makes you care for this guy, and it's it's great. And and I say that with so much love for uh, fl- a flight and Frankenweenie. I really really liked more than I thought I did. So that we all settled on Goon for this one list. Wow. Holy yeah, shit. I, the Gray was a close second for me as I, a, I another Goon. a kind of movie they could do more, but they're usually done wrong. <sighs> Okay. Mm. The next next group, Haywire, Hit and Run, Holy Motors, Hot Coffee, Hotel Transylvania, The Hunger Games, The Impossible, Iron Sky, Jack Reacher, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, John Dies at the End. Um, shit. Oof. This is tough. Like, my, my gut instinct is to go with Holy Motors just to, like, promote it more to mm-hmm. non-foreign, non-art film stuff, but I also feel like People are going to watch it and be like, what the fuck was that shit? <laughs> like how I did, is, like what I did, yes. Y- uh, yes, uh, because it is very strange and inexplicable uh, most of the time. I, I My person, Hit and Run is only here because I recommended it. It is a movie that got yeah. panned by critics, but Dak Shepard I found to be a surprisingly thoughtful guy who made a movie in his favorite subgenre of films, that being Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds' like very cheap car movies and it's stars him and his wife about their very real relationship of him trying to become less toxic in front of the woman that he likes. And it's, it it is surprisingly personal. You'd have to like have heard him in an interview talk about this, but I think it's, it's, it makes the movie better, but I still think it's for me, it's, it's like not my favorite, but it's like, I remember when the hunger games became a huge success and like, that's what I'm talking about. A major franchise Hollywood film that is popular with kids and adults. Not you, Twilight. Sit down. The Hunger Games. <laughs> and The Hunger Games would go on to disappoint me a little in its third and fourth movie, which is all one movie. But the ride leading up to that was amazing. And this film is a, it, this film is one of the best self-contained films in any trilogy young adult adaptations it's very good and you can just watch this one but it's impossible to just watch this one it's very very good hunger games is great that's, i'm choosing uh, the hunger yeah. games nice okay that's kind of a surprise but yeah i kind of felt the same way this one is like eh, i feel like i remember that pretty well and then yeah watching yeah. it thinking about every choice they make and how badly they could all go i think that i think that's my call too mm. Mm. And, I did, and I didn't see Hotel Transylvania until very recently, and it's very good as far as it's good. non-Pixar it's movies good, but go. But my vote is going to go for 
Jiro Dreams of Hell Sushi. Yeah. yeah. Because when I was Japan, when I was living in Japan, people would ask me, what's your hobby? And I'd say, I'd like this, I like this. And so many of them would say, we Japanese tend to only like one hobby and we get really into it. <laughs> and this film perfectly captures the Japanese tendency to get really, really, really ridiculously into something. And you can just see this man's passion in his craft. And uh, I love to see films about people at work doing something that they know how to do. And uh, to further give it further credit, I don't remember the Norm MacDonald joke. But the punchline was Hirohito's nightmares of ass rape, and some, <laughs> and, and <laughs> being a better movie than Jiro, a worse movie than Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> I don't remember the setup. I told you, but the joke always makes me laugh for being so stupid, <laughs> so so dumb. Uh, but Jiro Dreams of Sushi and The Hunger Games, we are getting pro progress is happening before your very eyes. This is going to be a tougher one. I feel like. Killer Joe, Killing Them Softly, Lawless, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Lockout, Loop Hair, Magic Mike, and the Man with the Iron Fists. Mm. Ooh. This is a tough one for me. This is a tough one. Me too. Killing Them Softly, I saw and liked more than I, when I first saw it, but still find it cruel, mean, and unrecommendable. And why did one of my famous, why does one of my favorite filmmakers delight in hurting me? Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, funny but mean. Yes, <laughs> it's definitely funny but mean. And and, um, and I would it would easy be so easy for me to choose Looper because I've been a Ryan Johnson stand since day fucking one since Brick mm -hmm. since everything else Last Jedi all that shit just always with him across the board and Glass Onion has emerged as one of my favorite films of the year. It's the only film I people I saw in theaters and I saw more films in theaters in the last three years. That is not an impressive statistic, but it is the only film I people stood and applauded for glass on. So I just <laughs> sliding that in there. Uh, I love looper. I think it's immaculate, yeah. but I'm having trouble here because when I rewatched life of pie, I was smacked at the end. Like why the fuck don't I watch rewatch re life of pie ever? This movie is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I still owe you one, so I I will jump yes! on Life of Pi. Oh, Looper, Life of Pi, it's happening. Jr. You can even you can get your Lincoln in there, and we're all happy. Yeah, it it might be Magic Mike. No, what? What? <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah. For once, it's not me being the Magic <laughs> Mike fan. And that's the sequel. Yeah. You love the sequel. You don't love the first one. I no, really, 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 like really like the first one. Yeah. I love the sequel. Wow. Well, the, they're both good films, you know, uh, it's the New Hope and Empire situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Magic Mike does all the work of setting up all these characters, but Magic Mike is so funny and so heartfelt. I mean, it would have been so ridiculously easy to make this male stripper into a one note joke comedy where you never feel like he's an actual human being. But you feel for this guy. He is struggling. Mm -hmm. He is working his ass off. It's he is trying to achieve the American dream, and he's doing everything he can to do it. And oh. you, and you're an, on that journey with him. It's another specific workplace movie for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <sighs> All right, dude. Shock, Jr. I like... keep trying to evangelize to the straight men in the world. <laughs> the Magic Mike movies are both 
wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I not watched it. You what know, you think they the are. third one is out in two months with no poster or trailer. What? Yeah, I didn't like, even it's know. It's very there was very a third soon. One. Yeah. 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 Does it have George Clooney? Because I know that was like talked about. I. Dude, I don't. What? I know as much as you do. Other than the, no, the no. The only coming. thing I knew about Magic Mike was like they were trying to get George Clooney to be in it. That wouldn't surprise me because it's Steven Soderbergh and yeah. Him, like if anybody gross, get him, so. hmm? yeah. I watched both the films with my wife, and we we laughed our asses, and we felt uh, our tear strings being pulled. So yeah, yeah that is that absolutely. is also R.I.P. Twitch from XXL. He's uh, amazing dancer we just lost oh man i didn't know that yeah uh man jr if we had vegas odds on us like people are pissed mm. they lost money uh, <laughs> they, uh the next group is equally hard for me and there's one i want to give a shout out to because it's not a movie i love but i love how much my sister people like my sister and my sister's friends and my girlfriend who's one of my sister's friends pitch perfect like spawning this like Really like a rag. You could do a movie about the Pitch Perfect movies becoming popular. Like, how did this become a franchise? This never should have been a franchise. Yep. Um, and it's just not one of my favorite movies. But this this had, there's I think there's three big punches to me here. And I'm going to try and reward the one I had the best time All with. All right. Well, read them out first. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, the Master, Men in Black 3, Moonrise Kingdom, Paranorman, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists, a.k.a. in America, The Pirates, Band of Misfits, Pitch Perfect, Premium Rush, and The Queen of Versailles. Everything mm. here is strong as fuck. The, the, yes. There were three movies I was blown away by in my viewings. I didn't feel anything for The Master again, which I usually do with Paul Thomas Anderson stuff. Men in Black 3... I can say that having seen both avatars in the last month and a half, we have a CG problem in, in the business and men in black three highlights that as well. How does this 10 year old film with a lot less money than the Disney system manage to convey CG action with giant beasts better than anything in the current MCU. And it did. Uh, I really enjoyed men in black three, but I'd never seen Premium Rush and the Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists, aka the Pirate Pirates Band of Misfits. I'd never, I was smitten with <laughs> this movie. And Premium Rush is the best B movie. Fuck, I think I got to give it, give it to Premium Rush. Oh, it is the best B movie. I almost wanted to watch it again when it was done. It is. <laughs> it, it should be stupid, and it is. But it it, <laughs> it 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 clicks on every level a movie should. Its action is all like bike and single handgun based, but it is a nonstop action movie rush. Premium Rush is stupid as shit. Fuck it, I'm getting to Premium Rush. Love Queen of Versailles though. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck between two uh, two animated uh, stop motion movies, yeah. Paranorman and the the Pirates and Adventure with Scientists. Man, like Paranorman is just so good and creepy for mm-hmm. little kids, like. It's it's a creepy movie, but I laughed so hard at Pirates, aka Pirates, a band of misfits. And, I, and once again, if you didn't hear that, I didn't know for thirty minutes. Like, who's this voice actor? He's really good. It's Hugh Grant, and yeah. Only in another movie I mentioned in this episode, like I didn't know he could do that with his voice, and he's yeah. done it to me twice this year. So yeah, I oh. feel like that's the one that needs more promoting mm-hmm. from us. So that's why I'm going to go with that. Even though I, boy, I really did enjoy Paranorman. I already love Paranorman. I just didn't get a chance to rewatch it. So maybe. Yeah. Shit. But 
the pirates it's like i'm so pissed that they don't haven't made more that's a whole book yeah. series i want to see the one with carl marx that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> i'm giving my vote to pitch perfect it's yes! another right. great comedy again i guess i have a real thing it's kind of about work these girls are working on their competition working on their acapella group Gotta and to regionals yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pitch perfect. All right, next group. All right. We still have plenty Ooh. to go here. You got some tough uh, ones in here. The horribly all... named oh, The Raid, The Redemption. Uh, the it's Raid all Redemption. cute little movies. We're fucked. Rise of the Guardians. Uh, Robot, and, Robot and Frank. Ruby Sparks. Safety Not Guaranteed. Salmon Fishing in Yemen. Uh, Searching for Sugar Man. The Secret World of Arietti. Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. The Sessions. For me, it is no contest. One of the best no. documentaries I have ever seen in my life is Searching for Sugar Man, and I don't care what they fabricate and lie about. They don't lie, technically yeah. speaking. Lie by they omission. They just kind of like, I guess they lie by omission. So but it's like, with... I am discovering these facts as the filmmakers are presenting them. I don't know anything about this guy. Whether he played stadium concerts before the movie mentions people discovering him, because he did... It's just a minor note. It's a great documentary about a story that is too unbelievable to make a real movie about first. That's <laughs> that's why I love it. It, it, it yep. shouldn't have ever happened. And it's an astonishing tale. And I, I don't even want to spoil it for you, even though like you likely have had it spoiled for you. Searching for Sugar Man. I, is, it's rare to watch a documentary over and over again, but the story here is so fairy tale esque it, mm -hmm. It's worth rewatching. Yep. I... We got a lot of cute little movies in here that I feel like deserve more love than they get, like The Sessions or Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. The Raid Redemption is one of the best action movies of all time, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just no yeah. getting around that. Yeah. And that it's made for so little money. And, and the only <laughs> so, so good. Everyone is just putting their heart and soul and extremely all of their body parts into it. My God. And I love a movie. I, that's, I feel bad for everyone's cartilage. A movie that's this successful while redefining cheap action films. It can't be redone and it can't be recreated because it was so hard to do. And most yeah. people won't even embark on doing it the same way. Even, even people who make the sequels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, mm. it's just an incredible movie. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want this movie to get like more love than it gets, so I'm going with Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Oh, okay. Mm. It, nice. it is a delightful comedy. It doesn't pull the punch at the end, which, you know, would drop it one and a half letter grades, in my opinion. The world really does end in this film, and you're just dealing with people dealing with the end of the world. And none of them are the yeah. superhero who's going to save the day. No one's going to save the day. Everyone is doomed. This asteroid is going to kill the algae. The algae. <laughs> if the algae doesn't survive, we're sure as hell not going to survive. It had a lot of stuff in it that I kind of wish Don't Look Up had had. Yeah. Like the personal mm, yeah. level stuff of just like, fuck it, I'm trying crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I'm bringing heroin to the party. Come on, everybody. No, I, that's <laughs> such a fantastic scene. This upper middle class uh, get together, which I've been to and I enjoy. And then it's just someone like, and I brought the heroin. Oh, come on. Let, let <laughs> Debbie apply it, everyone. She's a dental technician. She'll know how to give us heroin. <laughs> <sighs> All right, that, that was easy. Yeah, if the world was ending, you know, what Fuck do yeah. you do if you know there's no future? Who are you? That's a mm. great question. Penultimate, second to last. 
It's a good one. Um, oh, yeah, Seven mm. Psychopaths, Silver Linings Playbook, Sinister, Skyfall, Smash, Take This Waltz, Taken Two, Ted, This Is Forty, and The Three Stooges. I want to, I desperately want to put it on Three Stooges by being selfish, even though I, I know none of my co-hosts li- like barely like that movie. I didn't like it at all. I know. <laughs> but it, if you want it, you can use your... No. your- your I, point for me. I so want to be. I want to be responsible, because I, I think, um, in terms of the movies, I think both of us, all three of us, liked the most, or that I thought was the most fun to talk about because of how much we liked them. Because mm. Jr. and I hadn't seen Sinister, and uh, and I still haven't because I'm a wuss. And yeah, but yeah. rewatching Skyfall, <laughs> like how much I like yes. Skyfall, because I'm not a Bond guy, but not on mm. purpose. I wish I was. I wish I had more experience, but I love Skyfall. Diana, if I use my vote for Sinister, will you watch it? I said this should be used for okay. good, and by that I mean servicing me. Okay. Okay, I'm using my vote. No. Diana is going to watch Sinister and have a heart attack, listeners. I mm. will watch Sinister and have a heart attack, but that frees me up to not have to pick Skyfall, and I can pick another movie that, like, I don't think... I don't know if any of us had seen it before this. I had. And then raved about Seven Psychopaths. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That, that was fun as hell. I have watched uh, Banshees of Anishara now, and... um it's challenging. It's a lot of funny, but a lot of challenging. And Seven Psychopaths was like just funny. Like Martin McDonough is kind of my new favorite director. He's not made a bad movie. In fact, he's made movies only I like to I, movies that I only like to watch re, over and over again. And quote, and yeah. I was watching. I could not wait to watch Banshees of Inish. For some reason, it never got a showtime here, despite saying it was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally saw it on HBO Max, and my partner tapped out. Which was mm. sort of shocking, and I haven't been able to watch the remaining forty minutes, and I it haunts me. But yeah, I, I there's, there's a part where it becomes harder and harder to watch. Yeah, it, and uh, but yeah, Seven Psychopaths. I I I thought Jr. was going to go there anyway because mm. I know you really liked it, right, J Junior? <laughs> I did like it. Yeah. I did. I I was shocked by it. I had no idea going in to Seven Psychopaths, what it was going to be about, mm-hmm. which is some of my favorite movie-going experience of all yeah. times. I've never heard yeah. of it. I was just like, all right, this is on the 30-20-10 docket. I'm pulling it up. No tr- previews, no trailers, yeah. no nothing. What the heck is this? <laughs> well, I think it really, really was helped by the fact that we saw it right at the same time as Reservoir Dogs. Like, we mm-hmm. talked about Reservoir Dogs like that week <laughs> or the week before. Yeah. And so we were thinking about all these fucking annoying fancy talking hitman movies that we've had to deal with for the last 30 years and it's like how this is like a parody of that and that just they're a good double feature i think you should watch them together would you had something you may have picked otherwise jr i wasn't trying to lead you towards sinister i just like no i i was gonna pick sinister because it Mm -hmm. is literally the scariest film i have ever watched in my life wow no other film i'm not counting stuff like oh I watched that. I watched Return of to Night- Oz when I was eight Nightmare years Elm old. Street when Five got- when I was sixteen. Oh boy, that was so scary. Yeah, maybe that scared me more. But as an adult ass man, Sinister has scared me more than any other film in my adult viewing life. Period. Wow. Full stop. Mm. Oh my god! Don't gosh. watch a preview. Don't do anything. <laughs> Diana, just pull it up. 
watch it alone in the dark. I'm not. No. Co- I'm not co-signing any of this, Diana. <laughs> I'm know? not co-signing any of this. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking and seeing. All right, it's 109 minutes. I was like, if this is over two, one second over two hours, I am not doing. This. <laughs> I nope. All right, I I will do it. I will report back next week, or if I'm just not on the show next week, you'll you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last group of movies. An easy one for me. I think I'm going to make try and make it easier for the rest of you. Trouble with the mm. Curve, 21 Jump Street, Under African Skies, The Vow, Wanderlust, West of Memphis, The Woman in Black, Wreck-It Ralph, Your Sister's Sister. For me, it's Wreck-It Ralph. I love Disney animation. I like this period of Disney animation, and I like the first big original story from Disney animation in a long time. It's not based on anything. It's just a unique story. It is very tailored to my, me and my nostalgia. But for what it is, it's a perfect film. And I, I can prove that every time I watch the second one, which is not a perfect film and is too much fan service and too much nostalgia and too much fandom. And it was a series I really wish I could have seen more of in this world. Toontown inside an arcade seems like a wonderful <laughs> idea. I never wanted them to abandon, even though they did immediately. The first Wreck-It Ralph is astonishing. I love it dearly. Wreck it, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Go, Rich Moore. Yep. Hmm. Diana confuses me here because sadly she has to like pick up anything with like the word vow or women or lust in here. Um. Well, yeah. Well, the vow I was very pleasantly surprised by in that I mean it was like a weepy, but it was a lot more intelligent than I was expecting, um, and and did actually bring up some interesting questions of like what is love baby mm-hmm. don't hurt me don't hurt me <laughs> you know like what 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 do we owe to our partners who are they what if they change no no um but i gotta go 21 i saw you highlighting in the document i thought i thought that was gonna be jr we're gonna have to yeah i no, and and the reason i have to do that part of what's doing it is because we just talked about 48 hours uh as a bonus show and talking mm-hmm. about buddy right. cop movies and I thought I was so done with buddy cop movies. Mm-hmm. I just realized I was just talking about two different movies with Channing Tatum. That's weird. Yep. But yeah, I just thought I was so done. I thought the whole genre was done. And I, it's not that it's like a meta version. It's just people who understand. The, <laughs> they understand the buddy cop formula yeah. and know how to give it some new life. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny as fuck. So, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it's, it doesn't deserve to be a timeless comedy. I think solely based on being based on such a stupid fucking replaceable property Yeah, to, to manage to make something. Well, that's the joke. Yeah. I mean, in this film, they're like, no one cares about 21 jumps. Nobody. Street. I mean, that's mm-hmm. made clear when like the angry black captain goes, you're going to jump. St- <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to do that again. Okay. The angry black captain goes, you're going to jump street. 752 Jump Street. Wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really, it, and I'm I, it, talking about it. I talk with people I meet that about what I'm doing on the show. It's kind of a good com- It should say that for a, a, this being a job, a pretty decent conversation piece when you meet new people. And everybody mm-hmm. kind of loves this movie more than I thought. Like 21 Jump Street is, it is a bona fide classic for mo- people who like comedies. Yep. Stands yep. the test of time. 100%. Mm-hmm. So what would you uh, choose, JR, with everything left? With those already taken, I'm going to go with Under African Skies. Jesus. It's Ooh. a documentary 
where neither side is really wrong, in my opinion. Mm. You know, a lot of time you see documentaries and it's like, here are the bad guys doing the bad thing. And we can all agree that they're bad, bad. and we're good, right? Yeah. This is where you're like, I actually understand where both these sides are coming from, um, mm. you know, and yeah. it it really covers it well. You know, Paul Simon is all about the right of an artist to express himself whenever and wherever he feels freedom of speech. The uh, African National Congress was all about, you know, we were really trying to get uh, the voluntary ban against people performing in South Africa or with South African artists for legitimate reasons. And you broke that ban, but you also made an incredible work that is relevant to this day and is still listened to this day. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot going on. Drawing, in drawing attention to the South African performers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, Who would have never reached a world wide audience without Paul Simon. Who would never. have thought documentaries about South African performers would <laughs> ring so hard yeah, in this that's segment. That's two of them. All right. uh, that's two. And because and, and, I, I thought I, I was only conflicted that I might have to do the responsible thing and pick West of Memphis because like. The West Memphis Three is a very important issue to me, but this is my fourth favorite documentary about the West Memphis Three. <laughs> so I'd, just saying, like, it's something I'm glad I grew up caring about and that I don't have to be as angry about it anymore. It comes to a, you know, uncomfortable close. So reviewing our recommends of the year, distilling them to, let's just say, far fewer. The Avengers, Bernie, Cabin in the Woods, Cloud Atlas, Compliance, Django Unchained, fucking Goon, Goon. Fucking Goon. The, With the, the perfect three for three, I think. Yeah. Were there yeah. any other three for three films? Aladdin, Aladdin no. and Aladdin. Goon. The Aladdin and yeah. Goon. I, sometimes garbage flies in my face. It should be on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> the Hunger Games, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, Life of Pi, Looper, Magic Mike. Uh, the Pirates, Band of Misfits, Pitch Perfect, Premium Rush, I apologize, <laughs> The Raid Redemption, Searching for Sugar Man, Seeking a Friend at the End of the World, Seven Psychopaths, Sinister, Skyfall, 21 Jump Street, Under African Skies, and Wreck-It Ralph. I feel Woo! good about all of this, and I refuse to recap all of them. Rewind the show. Uh, <laughs> 2012 TV, Rose Bowl, baby, Stanford beats Wisconsin, you stupid ducks. I don't know who these teams are. Like, uh, who cares? Uh, here, I can I can confuse you too. Stanford is the Stanford Cardinal, uh -huh. which is not a bird; it's a tree. It, it, these are both colleges. The person I was with at the time had been to. It makes it even yeah. more confusing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> AB and then ABC this week uh, airs Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. I can't not say it like Troy McClure. Uh, without Dick Clark for the first time, as he died earlier this year, I cannot believe it's still bears his name well i mean yeah. it's it's registered in the public's consciousness as the public Dick clark i mean for yeah you know <laughs> I, I, at least for the tv watching audience the type of audience that tunes in for television to see a ball when i was watching new year specials ball. i remember the two times <laughs> i did it i chose the ones with Penn and teller on it and i don't think it was <laughs> this one I don't care about Dick Clark's name. The people who do are nearly dead and not going out for New Year's Eve. I, I've celebrated New Year's on te with just television before, but it's I'd never choose this one. So I don't know why they have someone like Ryan Seacrest, who is arguably more accomplished in whatever field this is, 
and still call it Dick Clark's Rock and Eve. Because Dick, Dick Clark, he did it for 40 years, man. I suppose. It's Respect. A, it's a tradition. He was yeah. shit on in Bowling for Columbine. Now, my, Oh, my God. Wait a second. 2012 games. One of my favorite cheap-ass indies. Gunman Clive. Diana, it is a very simple side-scroller, but it is done in the sepia-tone style of an Old West game. It Ooh. looks very, very cool, and everything on 3DS was overpriced. The games were $40. We had iPhone games for $0.99. Cents. This was 2 $2, and then came out with a sequel. <laughs> very serviceable platformer. I know Brett and I really love Gunman Clive uh, for 3DS. Yeah, it's a it's a nice, fun platforming running gun, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can play the lawman, uh, Native American, or school teacher. And the school teacher has the Princess Peach ability <laughs> float. to float <laughs> when she jumps. Now, Diana in gym class, when they took the boys to one area and the girls to another area, is that mm-hmm. when they taught you girls how to float in midair? Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Floating ladies. That's well that's when they gave us the hover things you have to put under our skirts. Unbelievable. So that's why oh. you can only float when you have kind of a big skirt is because there's just a big oh. fan under there. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes that's sense. That's what we get instead of pockets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps up the show and the this, the year, the season finale, yeah. seven season yeah. finale of uh, 30 2010. I've had a blast doing this show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Patreon.com slash laser time. Keep the plugs light. We just recorded a show about Tootsie and 48 Hours. New Sick of Star Wars coming soon. Uh, we've got a Dark Crystal episode. I really, I like the few people who are just like, oh, I can always hear more Jim Henson talk. That's always <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that patreon.com slash laser time. Video Game Apocalypse is right in the midst of its game of the year. So we're recounting our games of the year. It's just been a much better year for me personally in 2022. And I, you know, I got to think that has to be partially due to not only the people listening, but the people I record with. So fuck Sarah is what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. Uh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah and I, I got to text her right after this. But uh, thanks to my co host, um, Diana, uh, Diana. Goodman and Junior Rawls, as my phone constantly yells in my ear. Junior Rawls. Yep. Junior Rawls. <laughs> Junior Rawls. Yeah. Saying, are you ready to start recording? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been my first year of 302010, and I want to thank you both. It's been a fantastic experience for me. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm looking very forward. Oh, you didn't quit. 1993, oh. 2003, oh. and... 2013. Oh, he didn't quit. It's going to be a hell of you. He didn't quit. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Uh, Di, what about you? Um, Yeah, I'm, man, through the pandemic, this has seriously been my main social outlet Mm. to actually be able to watch a movie and then just talk and talk and talk about it. But um, yeah, so we got some bangers coming up uh, as we move into 1993, 2003, 2013. Um, Coming up next week, we got obviously they're, they're going to be holdovers. We got wide releases of let's see, Spike Lee becomes the first filmmaker to kind of directly address 9 11. Robert Downey oh. Jr. plays a silent film star. Oh. Um, uh, uh, Chris Pratt's going to kill bin Laden. <laughs> that's that's pretty good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up? Oh, yeah, and uh, Gino's going to go for a wild weekend in New York. Okay. 
the redefinition of Big Daddy Pacino is upon us. Mm -hmm. I cannot it is, wait. It is the, there's never been a, such a bright, shining line through someone's career. Yes. <laughs> this yeah. line. You mean you but, just want me to yell now? Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's look back from, from 30 years since. Mm -hmm. How does the movie itself hold up? We will find out. I already know. Yeah. I, um, and I can't wait for that. Patreon.com slash laser time. Whatever. Die. Who died during this period of the show? Ah, oh, man. Um, well, we lost someone that we talked about a, a film of his. The um, great, great cinematographer Conrad Hall passed away in 2002. Mm -hmm. He did Road to Perdition. Uh, also American Beauty, Butch Casting the Sundance Kid, In Cold Blood, Cool Hand Luke. Wow. He was born in Tahiti. I didn't even know that. What the hell? Like Alexander what Hamilton? Fuck? His dad was an ace pilot in the Lafayette Escadrille that fought for France in World War I. What's he... What's, was he in love with Paul, was he in love with Paul Newman? How did he end up putting a camera at his face so many times? Wait, and... his dad co-wrote Mutiny on the Bounty? Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought Conrad Hall was an amazing cinematographer. Oh. Um Road to Perdition is gorgeous. And then in 2012, we lost singer Patty Page, who was 85. Tennessee Waltz. Um Is she the one with How the... much is that doggy in the window? Is she the one with the pies? That's Patty Lapone. I'm backing off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm backing yeah. off. So, but R.I.P. Patty Lapone. Uh, and with Patty Lapone did not die. Oh, Patty don't Page. Don't curse her like that. No, no, I won't. I, I love won't. Patty Lapone. Um, and with those out of the way, we must get into the birthday. Well, the the bu 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 birthday. Sorry, I missed it. Chewing Jr. at all. Let's do that again. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> with the Jr. Three, two, one. Bu 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 birthday quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, birthday. Who's 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 being born okay. this week? What's our quiz? Right. Hit us. Turning and even. 50. 50. Born I, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on January 3rd, 1973, mm. he attended Glendale Community College in Glendale, California. Mm. Iron Man is his favorite superhero character because, in his own words, he's smart, rich, and a drunk. <laughs> in the he was a writer for the film... Monster House, Dan Harmon, as well as yes. <laughs> oh, yep. As well as for Kung Fu Panda, and he was co-creator and writer on the Sarah Silverman program, mm -hmm. as well as Community, uh, which uh, we've talked about, and Rick and Morty, which we'll talk about next year. That's crazy. What? Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, really. Oh Ten years man, in. that means it's we have Chris. We have to retell the story of meeting Justin Roiland. Which <laughs> I think I brought this up. I told to some of my friends' kids at a gathering, mm -hmm. and halfway through the story, I realized it sounded like I was lying my ass off. Yeah, to kids it sounds like you're lying, and to adults it's like, how are you not doing cocaine? I'm like, I don't know. We weren't. We, 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 we weren't. Uh, we had no cocaine to give him. Uh, nope. Yeah. Uh, great story can't wait to see how dan Harmon's nft animated comedy does this year uh <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening patreon.com slash later time give us five bucks and maybe we'll do the show for another season yeah i'm leaving you on a cliffhanger uh i have dun, dun, dun. Uh, i have i have little toe cancer i don't know if i'll live through the week so i tried to name a non-existent form of cancer but it still wasn't funny enough to co-host the lab 
So, no. no, none of that is happening. No, actually, you know what? For next week, if if you don't donate, the leprechaun will get you. Yeah. I am the leprechaun. The leprechaun. leprechaun. Yes. I am the leprechaun. No. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to close out with Under the Bridge by Red Hat Chili. Was that out this year and didn't make the charts tall enough it, for us to mention? It made it to, I think, two or three. Wow. And yeah, this, this is like the, the highest charting song from 92. We have not covered because mo- music moves faster in 92 like it changes yeah. every couple weeks 2012 they, they just sit there for months man but not but rock radio where you can so still hear this song much. every day and i never want to hear it again and always change the station when the song comes on never Too bad. Hear it again. but you're gonna hear it for a little bit at least as we close out 30 2010 thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next year